Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this midweek edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just um, watching uh, all this stuff happen in the NBA and uh, seeing some scams going on. Scams, and, um, you know. Uh, you know, the secret NBA team is being run. You know, and nobody says a word about what's going on here, but um, feels strange, feels illegal, feels against the rules. But um, I don't know. Kind of hard to reconcile with, but. I'm watching. It, it, it looks very good for the Lakers. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was you a couple years ago. It was like, it's basically like, you know, the joke. It's going to be two labels. It is the LeBron Clutch Sport camp, and it is the Kevin Durant Rock Nation camp. And it's about Rock Nation and Clutch as two empires ruling, pulling the streams in a Machiavellian style for control yes. over the NBA via yes. their, their force and power and, and, and all that. So it's like, one of, yeah. One of them's in New York, one of them's in L.A., and, like, y'all might as well rip them Nets and Lakers logos off them jerseys and then, like, replace them. Like With Jay-Z like, LeBron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I'm – I'm not as far in that as you are, but but if and when James Harden becomes a Brooklyn Net, then we can revisit that. I might want to pick up one of your uh, and, and buy one of your tinfoil hats. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we do have a guest. Yes, we do. First time. Hey everybody, how you name? doing? Who's, who's going to say a name? Like who's going to say a name? Josh, you going to say a name? I'm sorry, not Josh, but uh, Rich, you going to say a name? That, that yes, last name? Have, how do you have yes. the last name? You get the last name. I don't want the last name. You can have the last name. Yeah. So we've got Josh McLaughlin from uh, the 8-Bit Suplex podcast. 
on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, you might have heard me on there maybe like a month or so ago. Um, and also, uh, it's basically a podcast about Impact Wrestling as well as the video games, all types of stuff. So what's going on, Josh? Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, long-time listener, first-time guest. You know, love love being here. I uh, appreciate the uh, the invite to come on and, uh, you know, do a little preview, do a little review, and, uh, you know, always a good time to talk to you guys. And like uh, Rich mentioned, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the uh, one of the co-hosts of uh, 8-Bit Suplex. Uh, I'm the lesser co-host, but the more available co-host. So uh, <laughs> you guys you guys are stuck with me in the guest spot. Uh, you know, maybe someday you can get a hold of Sandy and, uh, you know, she'll jump on too, but I'm happy to be here. What's up, Sandy? Wait. Yeah, man. Um, so we've got on deck today. We only have two things. Uh, we have Survivor Series, obviously, a preview. Yes, WWE Survivor Series sneaking up on us just out of nowhere. Um, well, that's absolutely you don't watch the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> you, right? you look up and then all of a sudden, oh, it's a pay-per-view on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Well, then the, I had, think... Uh, the uh, the normal tell is is uh, Thanksgiving, right? And, and I think with twenty twenty, I I looked at the calendar and I said, "Oh my God, Thanksgiving's next week." And then I was like, "Oh my God, think, you know, Survivor Series." You know, it's it's all happening at once here. Twenty twenty is a is a heck of a year, guys. Yeah, yeah. So there's like, a lot of time dilation going on. Shouts out to Matthew McConaughey and Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Lots of time dilation. Shit's moving. Shit at, at all at the same time. Shit is moving too fast and too slow. Yeah, man. So, um, and we got a Stardom show to talk about. What yeah. was the name of it? Yeah. Stardom. Um, Sendai, Cinderella. Um, okay. yeah, like what they've done this year is pretty much any pay per view level show they've done. They just name whatever town they're in. Cinderella, like the um, October third match or uh, show that I think is the best Stardom show I've ever seen was Yokohama Cinderella. Um, and they were going to run that, like, and then the, this damn pandemic popped up and it moved stuff around. So that's what they've been using for these gigantic shows that are in, you know, stadiums bigger than Cork and Hall that could hold over 5,000 people. But because of social distancing, they're selling these um, at a certain capacity, a low capacity. So um, that's what they've been doing. But yeah. Um, they had that show, and we'll, we'll go over it. Uh, but first, let's get into Survivor Series. Um, where do you want to start, Josh? In the Survivor uh, Series, like Bret Hart would say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can start wherever. Uh, you know, do you want to do you want to save the uh, the team matchups uh, for last, since those are kind of like the bigger matches? You want to go through like the lower titles and work our way up, or nah, do you want to start top, pre-show? No, nah, go top down. So people people want to skip through the shit, they can skip through it. <laughs> That's how I, like, I want this shit in like the most important thing first. I don't need a build up. Champ sure, yeah, no, we got uh go ahead, Rich. I'll say the champ versus champ match, uh Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Apparently, um Roman Reigns tonight, I was following on Twitter, like served like basically just called him all types of number you're a number two, you're like uh someone that they get to do all the stuff I don't want to do, uh a full like you know, basically call him like a fake champion, a secondary champion, all this other stuff. So he's further going yeah, down of, the path of being Brock Lesnar. I don't know how that's being Brock Lesnar, but because Brock don't never do none of that stuff. So like, <laughs> there's not even a time he wants to do any of that stuff. 
Oh, no, I'm as far as saying, like, I don't care about this company. I'm this hill champion that's OP as hell. I have matches that aren't really wrestling matches. They're supposed to be spectacles that, if you do it too much, they can run their course. And I have Paul Heyman hanging with me, and then I say, for heat, like, I don't watch the product. I mean, that's that sounds like a babyface move to me. um, (laughs) Josh, what you got on this, man? Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, like... What the hell is about to happen? Because I have an idea. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at it right, and obviously we get Drew McIntyre uh, because he won uh, the WWE Championship uh, on Raw this week. Uh, it was a pretty good match that he had with Randy Orton. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, this doesn't feel like uh, either guy is going to lose, uh, really. And, and I, what I'm fearful of, <laughs> what I'm fearful of, <laughs> is. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Brock Lesnar may make an appearance. That's that's kind of my my bold prediction that oh, this thing kind of ends in a in a no finish and and Brock just kind of cleans house uh, mm. by catching them off guard uh, towards the end of the match. Uh, but if, if I'm giving a, a non uh, non pessimistic, uh, I'd probably say Roman Reigns wins. Um, Drew McIntyre happens to be in a feud. He just won the belt you mentioned from Randy Orton this week. Um, they've been in a feud since SummerSlam, SummerSlam was their first match. You know WWE likes to take a few from SummerSlam and go to TLC. They do it every single year. And what would be the easiest way for them to get to TLC? That's right. Randy Orton runs in, hits the RKO on McIntyre. And Roman Reigns picks up a cheap win, and then next month they have a TLC match. Drew finally vanquishes him, and then he goes to the you know next calendar year as a champion. Quick question: What was the feud that ran from some some SummerSlam to TLC last year? Now you're asking hard questions. Yeah, give me a moment. I will think of it. (laughs) Okay, because 2018 was Charlotte and Becky, right? Give me a moment, and I will think of it. Okay. Um, um, while you, I would say too that that um, you know Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, they also have the Fiend and the Miz uh, feuding kind of on Raw. Miz has the Money in the Bank briefcase, so there could be some some other schmozzy uh, chicanery type stuff that kind of comes into uh, play. Yeah, I can see that. Um, like, look. There are a couple. There's been like a handful of times while doing One Nation Radio since 2012, mind you, where it's just like you look at the match, you're just like, yeah, you're not gonna finish, you're gonna fucked here. So like, okay. they're not proving me wrong that they're actually gonna beat one of these two uh, clean. Which I'm not holding my breath for it. So it's like somebody's gonna run in, whether it's the Miz or it's the Fiend or it's Randy Orton or I don't know, maybe even Daniel Bryan or Brock, as you mentioned. And then you're going to see, you know, nonsense maybe happen with uh, The Miz and, and the Money to Bring briefcase. So that's where I am on it. Like, can't. So I'm not. I'm just going to put that that part where like, I know they're not going to be anybody. I don't have the guts to do that. Let's put that to the side. All right. So are they going to have a fun, entertaining match? They they could. Um, their match at WrestleMania to. Uh, 35 wasn't that good, but those two can't have, could have, there's no reason why those two can't have a good match together. And we'll see, like, hopefully we'll finally see, like, match mode from the Tribal Chief from Reigns as opposed to the stuff he's been doing, because that's going to get real old real quick if that's what all he does. 
so last year was actually one of the exceptions uh, okay. to that name. But however, it was Corbin and Reigns, which went on Jesus a million, Christ. yeah, like that even carried over the whole to year. Rumble. Yeah, that yes. even carried over to the yeah. Royal Rumble. So yes. If you want to count that, you can. I they that carried before. that shit over from oh. like the like right when SmackDown went to Fox, all, all the way to them wrestling um, all over the building in uh, I think it was Minute Maid Park. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. They do do this in to death. <laughs> um, I, I think as far as like Reigns and McIntyre, like, um. <laughs> just look at both of these guys, right? <laughs> Vince McMahon, like, dude, he couldn't find two more Vince McMahon as champions if he tried. Um, big, tall, muscular, long, dark hair with beards, muscly. Yes, these are Kevin Nash's kids. This is, yeah, this is um, <laughs> quite interesting, if you ask me. Um, but, yeah, and then, and then know, the. And then one of the guys that he that he loves just a, a hair less is Seth Rollins, right? But that's because uh, like, it's not Seth big enough, a little shorter, right? And not as big, right? So, right? Um, yeah. So we established this. I, he loves Kevin Nash the most, and he loves these guys a notch below, and then and then Seth is two right. notches below Kevin Nash. Yes, right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to fake excitement about this. Um, yeah, you know you're getting fucked. You, you just know it. You're never gonna beat one of these two. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think you're gonna get three fourths of a of a pretty decent match, and then yeah, I, I think that last quarter is just gonna be, uh, I don't know, it, it's not gonna be fun at the end. Oh yeah, another thing we didn't mention, we mentioned all the people that could possibly run, and we forgot to mention, uh, you know, um, the Uso slaves. So that could that could also come into play as well. Hmm. That's true. Except uh, Jay is actually in the uh, in the Survivor Series match. Oh, you so can come if he gets beat down. Well, sure. He could win that match and then come out again. Daniel Bryan, not booked for the show, it looks like. He's out on the Yeah, he just came back. He just came back tonight, I think, right? He had a match. So he had a he yeah, he had a match with Jay Uso. Look, they're setting it up, James. Yeah. Setting it up. They sure are. You see it. Yeah. Um so how many weeks was he gone after they beat him down? Was that like two weeks? He was off? Three weeks. Three weeks? Okay. At least they're doing that. At least they're putting in the groundwork where someone can sell an injury. That's nice of them. I, I, I saw Fightful put up a tweet. Uh, like the, it, it, sound, it sounded like it read like they were surprised that this happened. They were like, Daniel Bryan, after gone being gone for three weeks, put in all caps, banger on with Jey Uso. I'm like, He's only he's maybe the greatest wrestler this country's ever produced. Like this isn't even like <laughs> right. Like, like, <laughs> like, do you expect anything else? Like what the fuck? Like <laughs> I, you know what I think it is? I think it's because like Bro, they've his... de-emphasized him and de-pushed him so much. People right. are people are believing this man is washed or something. Like Yeah. It's like I, I think a lot of, yeah, you're right. It absolutely comes down to he has been fucked with so much for the last five years that, like, when he has great matches, which, like, given, like, the number of matches he has, like, his ratio for great matches in WWE is sky-fucking-high, but, like, still is like, oh, yeah, he still does do this. Like, he still is fucking awesome. Damn, I wish he went somewhere else, but he's stuck here. 
and he doesn't want to leave because like it'll probably fuck up his relationship with uh, his his wife's relationship with this company. So he won't even get into that because he's such a nice guy. I feel bad for him. And then you think about it more, you're like, damn, I feel oh. bad for all these people. Fuck. So let's, <laughs> let's, 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 I don't know where you want to go from. from. Oh, can, can, can we talk about the Undertaker real quick? Sure, why not? <laughs> This sure. is the it's show part of the, the show. Undertaker. You might as well. Yeah, this is the show for the Undertaker. <laughs> oh I have never seen God. them. I have never seen them. Okay, he's I, gonna make a he, save for somebody in the main event, isn't he? I don't know, man. But um, this is like thirty years of the Undertaker or some shit, bro. I feel like uh, like what is this? This is November. We're twenty days into the month, right? They've mm-hmm. been since October. I have they have milked this shit more than like um. Like the the 2008 Celsius have milked that one championship with the Undertaker. They've done this fake Last Dance documentary. They have this man getting booked on um uh, on Hot Ones. They have him doing spreads in People magazine. They basically um have done a whole event for this man set to happen. They have this man on cameo charging a thousand dollars. If you bought a thousand dollar Undertaker cameo, shame on you. Um. <laughs> Bro, I've never seen them running something into the ground this far. Oh, he joined TikTok this month. Like, what the fuck is going on with this man? Like, <laughs> this is the the mid the midlife crisis of Mark Galloway, right? Get the I mean, this is pretty bad. The fuck out of here, be like. <laughs> you got to go home. Uh, how do you say it on, on the Godfather? You got to go home. Like, we ain't trying to see it no more, man. So, does he have a match? No, no. Is he he bro, He gave some interview. He's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I think it's just going to be like video packages, and maybe he comes out oh. to the ring. But I'm going to make I'm going to make a prediction here, and and this is something I've been been kicking around how they're going to do this. And I think you know, James, you brought up him maybe making a save in the main event. What I think is going to happen is this. Time back into my earlier Brock predict prediction. This is my my super bold, uh, super bullshit prediction. Brock Lesnar is going to come out, and he's going to try to interrupt the main event. The everything's going to go pitch black. The gong hits. Undertaker, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Book it. Oh my God! Not Undertaker me. gets his win back. Oh my God! Oh, they also did a photo shoot where everybody. No, no, no! Fuck like that, him. Rich! No, 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 no! Time out. We, we whatever you can get to wherever you get to, but I got to say this. So we're getting a thirty years of Undertaker thing, thirtieth anniversary show, Undertaker Survivor Series. This he's doing all this pub saying this is his last thing, and ultimately what it leads to is for another, another match. match. No, yes. it has to. It has nobody, to. nobody believes you. You need more people. That's why no one has cared about this shit for like this month and a half that has been happening. Rich Crazy and Voice of Wrestling wrote a great column. Like, why doesn't anyone care about this shit? Like, this because is- they beat it to death over the last five years. Like, if he had ended it after the Brock Lesnar feud in 2015, then it's like fine. Or hell, when he actually when he actually really uh, did the fucking retirement thing after WrestleMania 33, he had a shitty match. He put he laid his his uh, his hat in, in his garb in the ring, and the shit went black and all that. Right when the final bell told him to sit, like perfect send off. He keeps he came back for the unfucking advertised match that, that John Cena like cut promos for for a month. 
right? Some of the best promos, like of his, of the, yeah, yeah, like bro, like John Cena carrying it built the entire WrestleMania around John Cena, like er, like the whole show is built like into place around Cena, like everyone else kept yeah. kept just getting checked off yeah. or whatever, and then it was like this is what y'all did to Cena, like oh so, my god, I hope Cena never comes back. So Fuck that. I, I got I got a question for you for you guys, right? Do y'all remember? That like after Charlotte and Oscar had a goddamn incredible match, um, the best women's match in WrestleMania history. <laughs> she wins. Oscar says, "You are Charlotte. You are ready for Oscar. Congratulations." Charlotte gets her shining moment. A motherfucker comes down to uh, Cena ringside. Says that he's here. Cena jumps over the barricade into the ringside area, sprints up the ramp past Charlotte, thereby stepping on her moment that she just had. And everybody, and I, they cut the Oscar in the ring, looking like, "What the fuck?" Like, I had a question. When when one has the ability to teleport, how does one know when someone is in the building? Um, I, I've never understood. Well, well, I'll say this. So there have been times in WWE where they've shown like we saw during the Money in the Bank thing, Undertaker got his own office like at, at WWE headquarters. So like <laughs> whenever they see like and when they open that door, they saw them purple lights or whatever and, and uh-huh. all that shit. So I imagine backstage like there is somebody on the lookout for whenever the purple lights come around and what happened is the purple lights lit up. So they knew the Undertaker was there. That's, That's a lot of explaining. That 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 is such <laughs> that is such a cockamamie story that like I actually was entertained by it. So I don't know. <laughs> like and you know and you just know like his office is like where would the lights come up from? It's the it the light it will light up in the in the office right next to Vince's office backstage, motherfucker. You know this. Like I'll, I'll even add on to the story. Like yes, yeah. that's that yes. So yeah, I I don't know where we go from here. I I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. This is clean oh, off the rails. I will say that I, I do vividly remember that moment that you're talking about. I yeah, was in AJ the was shook. 34. AJ was yeah, shook because AJ had just got buried and came back. Do you remember this? Do you remember when AJ came back after getting buried to death? Yes. This man yeah. said verbatim, I, I, and I quote, yeah, I yeah, I was buried. So what? <laughs> <laughs> bro, there's, this has been like the longest year, bro. I don't remember half of the stuff like that's happened. Like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, now in, in some cases, that that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Undertaker, um, I don't believe it. I'm sure he'll be back again. Um, I've, I've never seen such a rebrand for, for somebody like it, it, somebody's interested in making, uh, make sure the Undertaker was go. Oh, they also had Stone Cold interview him or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's what yeah, the, uh, like, broken skull they, sessions. Yeah. Yes, they had, uh, him and Randy Orton do like some, uh, documentary or whatever. Yeah, I saw, like, I saw that after a pay-per-view. I think it was like Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Maybe. Bro, they wrote, they, they did everything, everything. To try to get you to give a fuck. Listen, until Mark Calloway's dead, I don't believe that the Undertaker's is going to be gone. I just don't believe it. Same. I have nothing to say there. Can, can we move on to the actual card? <laughs> non wrestling <laughs> motherfucker. Like, I love Undertaker oh, Devil, bro. It's a wrap. 
It's around. Savio, apparently, I heard like Savio Vega was supposed to be booked or something. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for for Undertaker's um uh you know show like Savio Vega. Is Look, booked. I understand he was in the he was in the uh the Bone Street Crew, but what? Yeah. yeah. Like Savio Vega supposedly is booked for Survivor Series. Yeah. Former WWE superstar returning for the Undertaker farewell. It's probably just going to be part of a video package. I imagine. I can't can't imagine that there's going to be anything more than that. Savio for, Vega has for wrestled Savio Vega. in the last two years. Yeah, he was wrestling MLW, right, Rich? Yep. Yeah, he's going to be there. So they're going like are they going to bring the the rest of the Bone Street crew? Is so is like the Godfather? Godfather. Yeah. Like the the sad thing about the Bone Street crew, they can't is bring like, back Yokozuna. A lot of them dudes are dead. Right. Like I was going to say, like Mister Fuji, Paul Bearer. Uh, they may bring back the Godwins, Rikishi. They may bring back Rikishi. I mean, they bring back Rikishi all the time. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, has Rikishi showed up to pay ties to the Tribal Chief? Uh, I I don't think no. he has. Or do you think he's like, no, nah, my boys are slaves. I'm not doing this. He already knows what it is. Like he's already had it beat out of, out of him. Like Rikishi already knows what it is. He's like, I'm not showing sure no angle with my boys are slaves. I got your mind. I'm not doing this. <laughs> kind of working as it is. Okay. Um. What's what's the next match? Next now, would it be the women's match? Would it be the IC match? Would it be the um either of the Survivor Series matches? Where do you want to go? We can talk about the women's one. Let's go to the women's one. I heard this shit is like, like one of the weakest matches, like Survivor Series matches of like the modern era. Bro, are you talking about the uh, the team, the women's uh, team, uh, Raw versus SmackDown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it is bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I will say, well, uh, the SmackDown well, well, roster. Well, give us the list. Give us the yeah. list. Give us. Give them so, the names. Uh, they just finalized the SmackDown one today, but the Raw one. Uh, was originally uh, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rose. Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are, are both injured and are replaced by Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. So Shayna, oh, sorry, hold on. So Shayna, Nia, uh, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce. That's oh. correct. The, the, the great, the great women's division, huh? <laughs> All right, and what's the SmackDown then, side? The SmackDown one is Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Natalia, and Bailey. Yo, feels like the SmackDown one is uh so is much better. Um, she, I think she might be injured because she's not been on TV in a while. Okay, so I know where, like, I know where Becky Lynch and Charlotte are. They're 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 away. But like, where's Naomi? <laughs> All right. Um, Oscar or Sasha better not get hurt. Hey, boy, <sighs> it is thin. Yeah, they're running thin on on women in the main roster for sure. I mean, they're, they're uh, no, 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 no. They no, are they stacked and they are loaded. And don't you dare fucking touch it, Steve, please. <laughs> Well, listen, leave, leave, the, leave the only thing I still love about this fucking company alone. Don't you dare fucking touch it. I love the NXT women's roster, James. Jesus I, uh, Christ. I, I, the main roster, I think, is struggling right now. 
No, I, I was talking about a scam earlier, boy. I... <laughs> you already know what it is. So, like, you know, in NXT, for example, it, it, I'm just looking at this team. So we got Peyton Royce, Lacey Evans, Lana. I'm going to just go through the people that I'm just like, huh? Uh, Lana, Nia Jax. Uh, well, Ruby's good. Um, Liv Morgan has gotten better, but it's like y'all clearly shouldn't be on the on the main roster. Like, yeah, clearly, uh, they're being rushed through developmental. Whether it's for you know uh, cosmetic reasons, whether it's for you know you don't want to have the women down in developmental that long but you want to get them to a certain level it seems like it's easier for women to get through to the main like you don't ever hear about a a johnny gargano situation with the women like where they want to stay nxt for life or whatever well i mean um, as far as i don't know i don't know i know the ember (laughs) moon's back uh in nxt i know that so maybe there are look there's some tells me that like the good women in NXT or the on the main roster that don't get used like a Ruby Riot, chances are they don't want or Mia Yim being the fucking reckoning or whatever else or uh or I don't I don't even know where um uh Mercedes is right now, but like I'm sure that like they're looking NXT. at what they're doing on the main roster and then like what they were doing NXT and they're all like, Man, it is clear. So I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that yeah. far, but I would just say it's like, yo, this is going like that on paper is pathetic. I think Mercedes is away because of COVID fear. Um, because she's asthmatic and I think her son is also high risk. So I think she's, she's off TV for now. She made that decision. That is interesting because she has had wrestled on NXT the whole time in, you know, um, the homie, uh, well, not the homie, let me get this get it straight. He's not the homie, but uh, the the head ref Drake um, and the road dog do not believe in uh, COVID at all. They think this shit is a hoax, even though they keep having people catch this shit um, at a wrestling school. So getting the hoax, yeah. So um, that's surprising that like if that is the reason, it's like I would like to know like. What what was the tipping point that made it say that we have gone from I'll I'll try to hell no I'm done for now. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, I think it was her being in that angle and then realizing like, hey, we actually can't fight any of the men, so like, why am I here? Like, and she probably was like, probably requested to just not not get called up with them or whatever. Um, yeah, but I, I'm working around this concept. I'm I'm cracking it around like, but there's clearly a pattern or there are clearly things you can point at like with the developmental process of who they let through from developmental with the women and that's why we keep ending up with sorry team raws year after year after fucking year and it's like oh (laughs) yeah because I remember last year they had like one wrestler worth a damn and I think it was like Sasha or whatever or Sasha was Smackdown last year I think um yeah, so uh, match is gonna stink. <laughs> Probably. That's if I had to wager, I'd wager that it sucked. Um, I mean, unless we're just gonna have like, uh, unless they're gonna have it be the Shayna show or Nia actually like 
is good Naya, which we rarely ever see. Um, don't really think much is going to happen in this match. Because, you know, like, yeah. they can, you know, Naya, when she, when they, when they actually give a fuck and Naya gives a fuck, she can have a good match in the right situation. Um, but the problem, and, you know, they're going to set up for, you know, she eliminates a bunch of people or she has some monster spot which she is taken out of, which means, you know, she's going to run into something. But we'll see what they do. So who's going to be the first, the first person that gets like that immediate elimination? It's going to be Lana. Because you know they love to do that. Um, Nia, Nia Jax is going to put Lana through the announce table and she'll get counted out. That's my prediction for Lana. Mm. They've been doing that. They just yeah. put her through an announce table like nine weeks in a row. Yeah. I mean, why, why stop now? So uh, What's going to happen with them, hopefully? Let's see. What's SmackDown team against Sasha? And who else? Sasha, Bianca, Bailey. Uh, Bailey. Not Sasha, no, Bailey, Bianca, yeah. Bailey, Natalia. And Riot and Morgan. Oh, Morgan's getting thrown out first. I'm going to take Natalia to get the um, flash loss. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so um, the men, Raw, Team Raw. What's we got? I don't don't know the teams. Okay, so Team Raw. uh, Team Captain, I guess, AJ Styles. Uh, Keith Lee. Have they been fighting over captain captaincy again? These fucking morons. I don't think they've been fighting over it per se, but AJ just kind of made himself the captain, cool. and uh, ev- everyone seems pretty not okay with it. But more locker room leadership shit. Who gives a fuck? Go ahead, go ahead. Go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so we got AJ Styles. We got Keith Lee, uh, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle. Um, and then they're taking on Team SmackDown. Kevin Owens actually booked. Um, Jay Uso, Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis, who was added tonight. Um, where the fuck is Tucker? I don't know. Uh, yeah, not not a part of it. <laughs> yeah, isn't he on Raw? He is. He is. Yeah. So yeah. like. Why is Otis here? They took the SmackDown. They took the briefcase off that man, and then like it's like fuck off, be done with him. Like where's Daniel Bryan? Like, (laughs) like what the fuck is this? Like, I mean, you could you could have put Miz and Morrison in this match too. I'm not sure why they're not booked. Um, you could do like Miz and, and Otis on opposite sides to play a story there. You could put Otis and Tucker on opposite sides to play a story there. It just seems like they just kind of said, "Okay, who's who's not doing anything that wants to do something?" Okay, and well, just kind of threw it together. I Kevin Owens wrestled Seth Rollins this year, right? <laughs> I get what you're saying about that, Josh, but my my solution to it would be, well, we have this storyline beat, and we want to put it into Survivor Series or whatever. So that means we need to open up slots for two of the three of Miz, Tucker, and Otis, uh, you know, to do that. I would suggest sure. just I would suggest if that's the case, how about you instead of, you know, putting Tucker and Miz in there to face off Otis, how about you take Otis out the match and don't do it at fucking all because who cares? It's too low. <laughs> that's a, too, that's a great alternative. Low. It's too like it's too low on the totem pole to give a fuck about something like that. Like the hurt biz ain't on this fucking thing, right? Like that's true. the mysterials aren't on this thing. It's goofy. Like they've been doing like bro, this will be the 
Oh, sorry, the I guess Monday Night Raw will be the one year anniversary of when they started the Mysterio and, and Seth feud. When he was a dick to him after Team Raw lost. Right. So you could play to that where they're on the same team again and then they turn each other in. Like, I mean, they've done this well. Like, the first, the 2016 Survivor Series, we had AJ and. and and Dean Ambrose going at it in the middle of the um, in the middle of that that great ass match, like they could do this. They've done this before. They're just fucking lazy. Yeah. So whatever. I whatever. Like so this, who's the flash the elimination here? Oh, uh, well, they did it to Riddle last year, right? So, um, <laughs> well, they did it to Walter last year, and then <laughs> they did it to Walter and Riddle last year. Yeah. 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 Um, which is funny because I like, Walter has had the best match by a country mile this year in WWE. Um, so fuck it. I'll go with, um, I'll go with Otis. He's, he's already done. Fuck else. They going to do just beat him. Yeah. I, I, that's a good, I mean, I was actually thinking something like bigger, like AJ styles, uh, gets the quick elimination. Cause that man's phoning it in too. He's just doing comedy angles right now. So I could see him trying to like, I thought he had a, yeah, he, yeah, that's a it's a whole like he there was a whole thing this week about how he didn't think his bodyguard spoke English. Yeah. So Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, the the not comedy comedy angle, right? Um but yeah, I could see him like trying to like, you know, rally the troops, so to speak, trying to t- give him a pep talk, and then he gets rolled up by, you know, Jay Uso or something. Um and I think that, I could see that as a flash nomination. I think that's a good point. Like you could do him like that. He turns around and he catches that Corbin finisher, that end of days, or he catches a fucking stunner from um, <laughs> from Kevin Owens. Owens. <laughs> I'll laugh. Um, let's see. Uh, any interesting matches? Not really. Like I don't see Keith Lee against literally anyone on the. Uh, maybe Keith Lee and Kevin Owens is kind of interesting, but. Mm, um. Riddle and Owens. Seven, this is the first time Rollins and Riddle are in the ring together. You know, they've had all those, uh, you know, or Rollins was making all those snipes at Riddle. Do, do you think they're going to um, basically humble Riddle and have Seth Rollins beat him in this match? I, I'm pulling for anything, as y'all can tell, to, to, to um, talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I could see that happening. I mean, Riddle uh, Riddle's caused some uh, some black eye uh, stuff for the company from a PR perspective. Why not have the uh, the locker room cheerleader uh, Seth Rollins jump in there and and you know put him in his place? Oh my god, yo! But yeah, this this match is ice cold, boy. Ice cold. It's really bad. And, and you know, it's funny. I was looking at this uh, both rosters right now just to kind of see like who's being left off. Right, so like on Raw, you could have put Ricochet in this match. Oh man, you could have put Garza, Carrillo, Tucker, as we mentioned. Not really though. Jeff Hardy's not doing anything. Um, you could have put r Truth if you wanted a comedy spot. That's what they use him for. Big E's not in this match. Huh. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, Daniel Bryan. They brought Lars Sullivan out to try and pump him back up. He's not in this match. Not that I want him there, but he's not. No Shorty G, no, you know, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura aren't doing anything. There's a lot of guys left off of this match. Just chilling. 
Hey, um, I mean, the big show's available. His show maybe. got canceled, right? Might as well throw him out oh, there. Oh, it did? Yeah, no season two of the big show show. Damn, poor big show. I know I know. he's tired of, I'm tired of turning heel uh, every time he shows up. Um, but, yeah, I ain't got nothing else on this. I'll take team – I'll take Team Raw. I'm going to go SmackDown just to be different. Yeah. Uh, champion versus Champion. Oscar versus Sasha Banks. A match that they ran into the fucking ground this summer <laughs> with no finishes. <laughs> um, And what's it set up for? Another bullshit finish. Sasha's in a feud with Carmella, I believe. Carmella has laid her out three weeks straight. What I'm gathering, Carmella is dressed like a dominatrix, except she's wearing red. Um, yeah, man. Um, I would be excited about this match, except I feel like it's Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, no, that, that's a good comparison. As far as James you know, how many times they're running match right now? <laughs> yeah, James James is at a loss for words. No, like y'all were into like the the who's going to win what on on the men's team or SmackDown versus Raw Survivor Series match. And I'm like, if you notice, I didn't give a prediction. I'm like, dude, I don't even care. Like I, I mean, obviously I'm detached from the thing, but it's like. I'm thinking like, all right, who could get a big win and it propels them into, you know, you know, some momentum to get them to, so, so, you know, Royal Rumble so they can make some noise in Royal Rumble and then get themselves to WrestleMania and have some big matches. Like, it doesn't matter because whoever they end up doing whatever with at this time, like, who knows what the fuck, they'll change their mind. You know? Right. Um, I don't know, like, this will be a nice place to like try to recharge the the, the Keith Lee thing, but who? I mean, it feels like that's already that's already done. Like either one for Riddle or for Keith <laughs> Lee, they've they've they brought they pulled them out of NXT for either one was before they even when they had unfinished business in NXT, did nothing with them, which is like the case for almost everybody they pulled from NXT over the last two years. Right, and then they like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we we keep pulling the, the top stars out of this fucking uh, third brand, and then we'll have the third brand come up against this uh, this other thing that we want to try to curb. It's like, well, maybe you can't do both, motherfucker. Like, you can't pull out Keith Lee and Ricochet and, and Aleister Black and all these motherfuckers out, and then all, and then Shayna Baszler, whoever else you want to mention, and then at the same time say out oh, we want to curb. It's like that's why right. that's why your fucking TV keep getting kicked in. Uh, say it's whatever. too big to be small and too small to be big. It's like you, you can't keep ridiculous. these people in, in the wrestling school forever. And like, then because if you do, the contract's gonna come up. They're gonna say fuck you, and then they're gonna walk. So you gotta call them up and not do nothing with them because you don't actually want to push them. <laughs> fucking stupid, bro. <laughs> it's amazing. Like yeah, they're, they're they're still going out and getting more people off the indies, which yeah. is gonna create more of a log jam. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people headed in, um, supposedly. So I don't know, but back to um, the slash Oscar and Oscar Sasha match. Banks. It's gonna be a great match. I don't know what happens. Like they have, they've had screwy finishes whenever they've wrestled this year. So 
or let me phrase it, not screwy finishes, but like finishes that are like unsatisfying. So some of the worst finishes you'll ever see in the history of wrestling. Yeah. Like like Bailey all of a sudden becoming a referee and like <laughs> counting the fall. Like Oh my god. Like, was that I forgot about that. I forgot about that. You I was I was me. thinking of the of the Kyrie or Oscar leaves to go save Kyrie so she wins on count out oh, like after that. that. Dumb shit. That was dumber. But there's that one too. Yeah. That like, was they, dumb. No. That was dumber because, like, in the in the in the right circumstance with any other promotion, like that that finish can work. But this this promotion is so fucked that it's like, no, nah, that's dumb. We ain't gonna give you no benefit of the doubt. You're gonna screw this up. Um, and then the finish they had at SummerSlam, where like, you know, she has the back to back matches with, uh, or not back to back, but she has like two matches with um, Sasha and with Bailey. And then, like, Sasha, uh, what was the story? I'm playing it. Like, both of them basically were on the apron involved, um, when they weren't in the match, and the, other, and the other one's match. One of them bit the bullet. Sasha bit the bullet for Bailey, I believe. And then, um, Bailey not only didn't bite the bullet, but, like, had nothing to do. Sasha just lost on her own. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, or maybe I'm, I remember, but basically, like, they were going for one thing, and they the way in execution it didn't make sense for the story they were telling anyway. So it's like, yeah, they've had three just dumbass or dumb finishes in in matches they've had this year. So like, not to fourth, mention a zillion TV matches with like no finish. Yeah, yeah, those are two of them, or no, one of them. Wasn't there one where there was a DQ where like somebody hit like the manager, whoever watched outside the, the ring manager, or something outside the ring, and they called the DQ for hitting. The person that wasn't they've only competing had three matches this year, bro. They've wrestled on Raw at least three times. Eh. Like in singles matches or, or like tag stuff too, because I know they have a bunch of tags. Say singles. Hold on, I will find. I mean, either it. way, like I don't know. Like it's gonna be. It, it seems like a perfect like time for them to have interference because, like, you know, you mentioned Carmella looming. So, All right, they have had five or four singles matches. It looks like um, several the tag, tag matches. matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just one I'm forgetting. Okay, so but anyway, like, um, yeah, it, just like similar to the main event, um, or we think is main event. Like, nah, that's gonna be an event. McIntyre versus uh Roman. That's the main event, definitely. Um. So, question. Uh, now that you mention that, where is The Fiend? Where is Randy Orton? Uh, I mean, not booked. Maybe they're all. doing something with The Undertaker. Jesus. Anyway, um, yeah, Asuka, Kyrie, uh, I'm saying Kyrie. Asuka and Sasha, they'll have a good match until whatever wacky finish they come up with. So, like, I just, just go ahead and pencil in 3.75. And then if you get a clean finish, you might be able to give it another, you know, half or quarter or half star. I, wow. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Tag team match New Day versus Street Profits. All the black dudes link up. Um, I've it's, called the tag team division the, um, the waiting room to be fired, but I don't think either of these teams are getting fired. Um, they had kind of an interesting exchange on the fleets on Twitter where they were uh, talking back and forth, uh, a bunch of junk to each other. That was very interesting, the the short part I saw, but like 
um, I don't know, man. Kobe Kingston feels very overqualified for this. Um, but then again, you know, whatever. Uh, How does Xavier look since he came back? I think people were saying he's looking good. He looks pretty good. From what, from what I've seen, he's looked pretty good. All right. Well, I mean, these four should have a good match together. Um, so that's actually like the only like fresh sounding matchup that I've heard so far. <laughs> so, uh, but it's a tag match, you know, that shit might get a good seven minutes, but, um, <laughs> they should, they, they should have a good match. So like, that's at least a match I'm looking forward to between two people with, you know, an established act versus an act that like clearly Vince likes. So, um, and also like they're talented. So, and try hard every time I've ever seen them. So I, I, you know, Hopefully they let them do their thing. Have you caught any of these segments, Josh? Uh, uh, I've seen a little bit of the backstage stuff uh, that they've done. Kind of, you know, some of that stuff. I I, I haven't seen any of the fleets um, because I I I've kind of joked that I'm kind of like a, a boomer on social media. Like anything <laughs> outside of Facebook is kind of foreign to me. Like I'm I'm you know I'm C plus at Twitter, but an A plus at Facebook. I know it's kind of weird. Uh, as a 30 year old man saying that, but I think when I had children, I automatically jumped to that status. Um, but yeah, no, everything's been pretty good. I uh, got a little bit of their, uh, their eight man uh, tonight, uh, which was them, uh, the new day and the street profits against uh, Ziggler, rude Corbin and Zane. Um, you know, so it, I've always been a huge fan of the street profits going back to seeing them on the loop uh, at Menorah hall. Uh, always super cool guys. Always hung out and talked to us afterwards. Um, I, I don't know that I've seen anyone jump off the top rope as, as high as I've seen Montez Ford do it. Um, and I've seen him do it in like the St. Pete armory where like that ceiling is only like six feet above the turnbuckle. So I, yeah. I, I like both of these teams a lot. I, I think they're going to honestly, cause I don't see them having a schmozzy finish. Like this could be your one clean finish of the night. Um, I think this is probably well, the best match one. on the card. <laughs> uh I think I think it could be the best match. Um I, I think uh this this past week, Dave Melzer, all the wrestling that he said he's watched in his life, and you know, he said Montez Ford is the greatest jumper in the history that he's ever seen wrestling. <laughs> um so that's pretty high price from him. Yeah. Um that's also vaguely specific. I was like, yeah. The, who's the best jumper you've ever seen in wrestling? Like, I don't know. What kind of go somewhere, you weirdo? Who thinks about some shit like that? I just like who's the biggest <laughs> jumper you've ever seen? Like, nigga, I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I've never. Have you ever thought about that before? Have you ever I thought mean, of either one of y'all? When, when, when Monsters Four jumps that high, like he's up there. Like, I, I can't really think of nobody, like... He is, but it's never something I've ever thought about, like, yeah, let me, like, think about it, or whatever, try to, you know, use my memory, my go through my mental Rolodex, and this really think Dave. about it. Like he, he thinks about shit like this all the time. <laughs> um, um, I'm gonna take the Street Profits on this. Yeah, Young guys should, win. Should, yeah, they should win. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll, let's make it a clean, clean sweep there. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn, heel versus heel match. Um, I felt like Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn should be banned from being on screen together after the Bobby Lashley sisters uh, fiasco a couple years ago. Um, I've been trying Zane, to forget that one, Rich. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a big column at the time. I was not pleased with that, um, and 
Yeah, man. It was. Um, yeah, the situations are different now, though. Lashley's in a hurt business. He's kind of in a you know in a somewhat interesting act. Zayn's a madman. Um, this is WWE. Big beats little. Yeah, I I think I'll agree with that. And also, too, the hurt business has been getting a lot of push. Um, it doesn't really make sense to have Bobby Lashley lose here. I think, uh, which maybe is why he loses, but. Um, yeah, what no, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just what? saying, <laughs> it makes sense for him to win, so that's why he would lose. This is, I'm but, just but, trying to, I'm just trying bro, to think. WWE no. literally booked like that all the time. That's they why, book- that's why I blasted out that and blurred out because it's like, <laughs> that is so dumb, and they would absolutely do that. <laughs> right. That's absolutely a possibility <laughs> with gotta, them. Gotta throw him off, pal. <laughs> I mean, Sami Zayn, uh, he beat uh, – uh, who did he wrestle last week? Uh, he tied up Apollo, Apollo Crews. Crews. He, tied him, he tied him up in the ring, uh, like the uh, apron, and got a win by a countout. So, you know, Sami's winning all these different cheater kind of ways. Um, but I don't – I think the way that they've been pushing the hurt business, uh, it hurts Bobby Lashley to lose. It doesn't hurt Sami to lose at all because he's – yeah, you know, he's the chicken shit heel, so, uh, so I'm going to go Bobby Lashley. So is there going to be a spot where, like, the rest of the Hurt Business surrounds the ring and then they force in to get in there and wear that ass whooping? Yeah, probably like a, like a makeshift uh, lumberjack match or something, you know, kind of on the fly. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the rest of the Hurt Business like isn't... Right. The rest of the Hurt Business isn't booked on the card, so there's no reason for them to not be ringside. I think that's the whole card, man. That's that's booked. And then of course there's the dual brand battle royal. Who gives a fuck? That Survivor Series. That did, did I, that sound exciting to, 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 to y'all at all? Like, you know, hopefully we, we got y'all excited for it. Compare that to last year with NXT invading and you got Adam Cole versus um Pete Dunn. You got the, the final two between Roman Reigns and Keith Lee. You got Rhea Ripley going fucking nuts. You got the short little exchange between um, EO and Kyrie. Um, and then you also had the tag team match. And you had Roddy going nuts and making sure that AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura had a good ass match. It's like why didn't they bring NXT into this again? Oh, COVID. Yeah, I think they're the oh, reason. Because WWE is, is, cares right. so much about COVID nineteen. Yes. Like they don't they don't want NXT mixing with the main roster because like NXT's had all the breakouts. Well, I can tell you that probably- the main roster had tons of breakouts themselves. If you want to say if you, like want to say had, if you want to say they've had more, sure. Yeah, well, that's like also because Drake is running NXT down there. So I mean, like he's he's running all the talent relationships. Yeah, so like, there's coaches getting that shit. There's like yeah, like they got they got a bunch of shit going on. Like so that's that's pretty much why. They, like they don't, and that's why they're doing two hundred five live at full sale. Same same deal, or not full sale as a PC. Yeah, what do they call? What do they call it? Capital Sports. Yeah, yeah. I don't even bother. You know, yeah. Capital Sports Complex or something like that. There, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like, if you want to explain 
It's real simple. And and, and you can even just say, yeah, uh, NXT is not participating in Survivor Series this year because they're quarantining in a different location than the main roster. Just make up some bullshit thing like that. No, they don't have to other than, uh, no, There was, no, there saying, was but, no invasion this year. So they have to I guess that if you want to say it's not an invasion, but they haven't even mentioned it uh, at all from what I from what I've seen. Well, well, well what can they say is like, nah, NSC is not allowed to wrestle because they kicked too much ass last year. Because they won. Sure. Look, they it's so funny. That. That, that would that would make them look so. That would make uh, SmackDown and Raw seem so lame. Like, nah. Do, doesn't that look even even dumber now? Like how how hard they put them over last year. <laughs> I don't think it's dumb. I just think it's like, hey, um, if you're going to do it one year, you have to do it, you know, for another years. Like, you have to have them at least come back and, like, give the win back. Right. Which they, they're not doing. So, right. I mean, there's, and there's no good reason for it. Other than right. if you want to make the, the COVID excuse. Well, I mean, to be which, honest. Which, well, there's no reason. They move so many no people reason. around. There's no good reason to do any of this. Like they just did a fucking draft back in October, and then they have to feud with each other after like these alliances just got split up, and people were just on brands a month ago to talk about how they bleed red or be or bleed blue. They didn't do any invasions this week or this year, did they? Where someone no. Stole- okay, because it's like y'all are all working out of the same buildings, out of the same building. Like right. So, it, what's so funny? I actually saw people- Brian. Go ahead, Rich. No, you go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say Brian Gortz actually. He he tweeted out something about how you know he's like, at that same point that you just made, James, about how like how do you care about your brand when you just got drafted here a month ago? Oh, like, not, it, it yeah. doesn't make yeah, it doesn't make like, any sense. That's I'm not the first person to think of this. Like it's just common sense. Yeah. Like if you're okay, let's do this. I always talk about this. With, I talk about this Rich often. Um, every year, Kevin Owens. And the Miz are on opposite brands, and they get flopped back and forth. They're never on the same brand. And also, um, Rich, this is the first year where Kevin Owens will be on the better brand. He finally, he finally gets to win because he's on SmackDown. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like if they get traded every single year, Kevin Owens every single year is going to be on SmackDown or on Raw. Why does he give a fuck when he knows like a month or you know? 11 months from now, he'll be on the other brand. Who gives a shit? But they don't think yeah. like that because these aren't people. These are just thing people doing things. Like, these aren't people that, was like, that go through that. Like, they could make a story. They could absolutely make a storyline about that with Kevin Owens where he's like, I don't care. I'm in here and, like, I'm a mercenary because I get swapped every single year. I don't care. They could make They, could, they, could they, they make literally could do a story like that. But they don't because they're lazy. Yeah. Like, and why they don't give, remember like, stuff they do because that means they don't have to commit to it. Yeah, why? why and if they have to commit to it, it means they can't tell ridiculous, stupid fucking stories. I'm getting angry. Let's just stop. It's amazing. Like, it's amazing why we don't watch this company. It bothers me so much because, like, there is no company that has more ta- more talent that I actually enjoy watching for wrestle or do wrestling and stuff like cut promos, or do angles than the main roster or WWE. Yet and still, this man and Drew Pritchard have fucked this up so much that I have no interest in them whatsoever to where we just did a, a basically close to an hour-long Survivor Series uh, preview, and I'm just like, man, for all of it. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, two guys that are great wrestlers. Man, 
Oscar versus Sasha, two wrestlers that I that are so influential to what I watch wrestling right now. Man, like it's, it's just fucking just sad, bro. It's it's like it's if I'm the only one that feels this way. I'm like, well, what is going on? What has happened here? I don't I don't I've, get it. It makes no sense. I, I, I have disconnected myself from like being angry about this. Like <laughs> I've just like taken the path. Like wow. It's just, it's just holding up the mirror and be like, y'all will see this. Like, I, I, like this company is a shell of itself. They are a content factory. There's no incentive for them to try to do better. They have their built-in audience. They have their sterile environment that they control with the video boards and shit and the piped-in noise. They have their drama play with Roman Reigns doing, you know, tons of dialogue in the middle of it, like, this is what they want wrestling to be like, and I want something different from wrestling. So that's why I watch other companies. But the thing for me that just like boggles the mind is the fact is like that may be what you want to do, WWE Vincent Man Bruce Pritchard, but it's not what most people that have watched your product over the last I don't know, let's say since the Hogan era, so like over the last thirty five years, right? So, if you're going to try to move it so far from what you did over the last 35 years to more sets than, to more sets than you're currently doing it at, like, that's you're the problem, and I don't understand how you don't realize this and then unfuck yourself. It's just, well, it's they don't. They don't know the they're. They don't know they're the problem because there's a bunch of ass kissers, and then they also like invent a bunch of fake metrics. To like tell them what they want to get out of something. It's literally like the Trump administration. But, but the thing is, this, like, right? They would never know that they're the issue. <laughs> if I was I'm in a business out. to make money and I make up fake metrics to sucker other people into uh, giving me money, that's one thing. It's another thing when you come a mark for your own fake numbers. That that seems like that's that's what, what they're doing, and that's why it makes yeah, no fucking right. sense. Because Vince, you know, we've you've heard people talk about with Vince, especially Meltzer. It's like Vince is your person, he's your first person to be like, "Look, bro, whatever's coming up right now that like we're giving to other people, like that's bullshit, and we might slap, we're gonna slap some heads with. That's fine, but I'm not buying into that bullshit. He's buying into his own bullshit, literally. Man, washed. You know, we need another word besides washed. I mean, it's. To me, it's like, you know, it's textbook narcissism, right? I mean, he's he's lied to himself so much about how great he is that anything he says is immediately an amazing idea in his head. You know, it, it's, it's, it sucks because, like you said, James, there, there are so many people here that are super, super talented uh, that should be given the spotlight and the ability to go out and put on a good wrestling show. But how great are his and, ideas when he thinks of pulling someone out for three weeks and then change his mind in three weeks? Like, not... He like you can't believe your own bullshit when you keep second des- guessing and and hedging on your on what you think are your great ideas. What the fuck's going on here? I'm gonna push this guy. Wait, never mind. Just playing. Loljk. Right. Right. What's going right. on? Dementia. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I mean, there and, could be some of that. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it again because I don't feel like ending it off from a previous show. But yeah, um, you, 
There's, there's, oh, there's, also, there's, there's some slush. This is uh, you can pour the. I think, I'm sure you can pour uh, the contents of what's in that skull into a cup. So like <laughs> WWE is gonna be in the trop for the Thunderdome. Um, no, I'm not which, going to even fucking insult me by asking. <laughs> don't, don't even fucking insult me by asking. So right next to Jamie's house. What's up, Jamie? But um. It, is somebody gonna bring Vince to South St. Pete? Oh shit! No, <laughs> it should. I, I think Vince will fit in well. You know, he'll, oh, yeah. he'll walk around. Yeah, I, you know, I think Vince will go in there and and turn some turn some heads. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, we get that. Um, I, I believe there was a suggestion. It was like the South Side St. Pete Street Fight. You get one of those. <laughs> Look, man. No, nobody, nobody actually calls it the Southside St. Pete Street Fight. They call it the Bird. So it's like, it's not even. But then they're like, how do, how do we? How, you got to make it sound. Then to, no, then you have to explain what the Bird is, and it's like, no, we don't want to do that. So yeah, we'll call it the Southside St. Pete Street Fight. <laughs> no, you got to make it sound more dangerous. You know, oh, not the Houston gosh. Heat. We need the Harlem Heat. You yeah. know. Yeah. What? <laughs> you ever heard that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, those of you that have it, so I, I think they were um they were trying to come up with a name for Harlem Heat, and it was like, well, we from Houston, you know, and it was like we needed to sound like scarier, you know, code. <laughs> so y'all gonna be the Harlem Heat? Yeah. But I guess there's only one thing left to do since we're done with WWE. We might as well just hop on the plane um, and take the 12-hour nap and wake up and hit the music. Okay, so Stardom had its second biggest show of the year. Um, uh, it was on the 15th last Sunday. It was called Sendai Cinderella. Um, eight matches, uh, five title matches. Um, I well, so what are your initial thoughts on the on the show, uh, Rich in Josh? Go ahead, I, Josh. Oh yeah, no. So uh, just a, a little. This is actually James. Believe it or not, the first time I ever sat down and, and watched a Stardom uh, pay per view front to back mm-hmm. um, without stopping. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a, a pretty good show. Uh, I thought there's some really good matches. There was you know one or two that didn't really strike my fancy as much. Um, but no, I overall I really enjoyed the show. Okay. Um, it, it felt like actually a real show because usually the. Um the stardom shows are short. Usually I, I feel like they're like either five or six matches. This one is like, yeah, you know, there's eight, eight. Um, you get your big three matches on top and then big, you know, middle, middle match with Momo. And, um, you got your stuff that's getting the car started underneath, uh, with various high speed matches and, um, future of stardom, uh, Hoss battle between Micah and Lil Saya. Um, 
so it, it had a structure that most uh, stardom shows uh, don't have, but I thought it was a, you know, I was into it for sure, uh, at least through the first five matches. Okay. But, you know, I had a long day, so <laughs> I was struggling. But, um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff happened. Yeah, um, this was this was a very good show. Um, I, but it wasn't as like it wasn't as. I'll, I'll say it might even be a more complete show than the the Yokohama show from um, October third. Like I feel like there were more. I feel like every match was at the worst good on this card, where um, a couple matches were kind of just, like, filler, like, Mina comes out and debuts and stardom, and she beats the hell out of Hannon, like, fine, whatever, it's kind of a nothing match, but, like, the white belt match and the red belt match, um, on the, on the last show, the, um, Yokohama show was just, like, four, you have, bat, when you crank out four, four and a half star matches back to back, it just feels different than, you know, than just, you know, so like it, it, it peaked higher, um, but this was a more consistent show. Um, but I, I still believe that the um, Yokohama show was a was a clearly the better show. But yeah, so um, I mean, do you want to go through it? Or do you want to just go to the big the big news uh, first before we go through it? Um, shit, I guess we should do the big news and I'll tie into the main event. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, uh, Mayu Utani lost the red belt to Utami Hayashishita. Um, the Utami, rise of Big U. Yeah, Utami is. Mm, she won the. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I mean, she's basically won. She won the red belt basically within two years of being in the company. Um, Did this shock you, James? Because I was like, two years <gasps> of change. Um, basically, like 26, 24. 27 months. Um, I, I'm i shocked because, one, I was completely unspoiled for, for for this big show, which is like, I don't know how the hell that happened. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how Come that on, happened. Come on, Murray. Get on your job. I got so lucky. So lucky. <laughs> like, normally people, normally, like, it comes out the woodworks to come spoil something. Like, I had a Corkin Hall show on Saturday and this show on Sunday and was a pulling on spoiling all of it. And I wouldn't even, like, necessarily trying super hard to avoid the spoilers. You know, normally I'm almost, like, damn near in, you know, um, put my, you know, put my phone away. I like, put my phone in the trunk. Uh, <laughs> just for, it's like watching a show. But no, nah, um, I, I'm surprised because one thing I knew about the sh- I knew about Stardom before um, that I probably should not have known, but had nothing to do with um, spoiling anything was that I I was I found out that they are going to do the 10th anniversary show at, at Budokan Hall, um, and you think about it, it's like the whole video that they did with it is highlighting. There's the, the ace of the company, the biggest star in the company, Mayu, out out in front of Budokan Hall, and they show like a video montage of her career where she is the runt of the litter. Um, a lot of people, like people that were in the dojo with her in that first class, thought that she was going to quit on the first day. She's the last person out of that class to win a match. It took her like six months or seven months to win a match. And then she continued to get her ass whooped for another like three years before she actually got a push. And then, you know, 
she goes from there and, you know, she becomes one of the best wrestlers in the world and you know, the rest of history. But, um, and they, and they show it down the video my chat. So for me, it's like shocking. Cause it's like, you look New at the rest era. Right. You look at the rest of the, um, you look at the company, you look at the wrestlers, their skill level in their, and you, and you hear about like some of their markability levels and you hear about who's getting pushed. And it's like, okay, Utami's a top, I don't know, is in their top five for who they want to push to the top, right? Is she there yet? No. Is, uh, like, through her, like, as far as from the quality of match she can have in the main main events, is she there yet? No. Um, So, like, I'm concerned on that, like, but as far as how much they like her and how they've pushed her consistently for her, her, you know, the two years she's been around, you know, like she was in the final for the Grand Prix, you know, weeks after she debuted as a rookie. Um, lost to Mayu in the final, actually. Uh, she won the tag league uh, months later with Momo. They won the tag titles. Uh, by January of that year, she debuted in August of 18. By the time she gets to January, she beats Starlight Kid for the Futures belt. She holds on to that until she's tired of it and, and hangs it up um, in, back in February of, uh, of this year. Um, she's been a trios champion. She's done, like, she's had, before this, she had a white belt defense and one red belt defense. And, like, on her third try for one of the major belts, she's a champion. Um, so, like, that is not out of nowhere. It's consistent. It makes sense. But as far as, you know, what the company seems to want to do with the top of the card and as far as trying to attract towards also um, one thing you, this, you I don't mention. know where they're going because, like, I thought that, like, she's a perfectly fine challenger for, you know, in a normal year. But it's like Mayu's run has been so ridiculous that it's like, the only people that can really take the belt off her would be like Shuri or like some some outside force that comes in like a free like some type of freelancing Joshi legend. It seemed like that's like that would that would make sense to me in my head. But I mean, if you're going to pick somebody on the roster, Tommy's as good as anybody. But I just I, I I'm I'm I don't know I don't know like I don't know how to feel about it. They had a good they had a great match, but I still don't know how to feel about the future. Um, this. I, this feels more like it feels like it's too soon, but you know, whatever. So one thing you didn't mention, and probably for you know, it may not be important, but I think it is in context of um, the new money coming into the company. And uh, Utami has completely overhauled her look in the um, past. I don't know, maybe six, beginning of this year. Months. Beginning of this uh, year. Yeah, the beginning of this, this year, and like, um, like she looks like. A totally different wrestler than she did a year ago. Yeah, um, she's got a little bit of like it feels like you know, they're like they've clearly pushed her from day one. Feels like some Okada type you know stuff. Like as far as like yo, we're we've we earmarked this person. It's time to get them going. And maybe you know since they did that profile with Mayu, you know, I watched the same one you did. Maybe she's actually the challenger on the 10 year anniversary show. And that's how they, you know, do this. And then they get Tommy this belt. Mayu kind of heals up, does some tasks for a couple months, and then they get ready for a super match, you know, at the 10 year. Could be. Um, 
I mean, because you know, you you look at the the finish of the match. Uh, oh, it was decisive. It, it was like um, Utami. She didn't just go for the win. She went for the kill. Like, <laughs> like she's like, I'm I mean, not she, hitting her the second time. I'm giving her this fucking this bomb or whatever the fuck it was. I was like, oh, that's edge. it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I was talking about like the post match. Like clearly, like the whole match, and this also ties into what Mayu has done in a few of her title defenses. Like especially against Takumi was. Um, like she, it, she basically sells her ass off throughout the match. A particular body part, what gets Momo was the arm, her with her, with her torn rotator cuff. Uh, against, um, I'm trying to think, what other title defenses she have? Um, I can't remember what happened in the jungle match, but like this match in particular, she was selling her neck over and over and over. Oh, Shuri against Shuri, she just sold it like she was concussed. Um, so this time she sells uh, her neck and. Otami just goes to goes just goes to work and kills her and throws her in her, in her head and neck and shoulders all throughout the match. Um, and they tease ref stoppages through, at different points. Uh, so you know, Mayu would answer back in some of these in these matches where like she's taking people's best shots and then like she would catch people off guard and survive with you know the heart of a champion blah 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 with you know, for example the rat. Uh, the rack that Utami had her in early in the match, and she transfers out of that and, and turns it into a uh, crucifix bomb. Like you know, that's what she does. Like before she went up for the final, um, the second to final um, power bomb, she you know escapes. She gets her up and she basically escapes by you know getting a, a small package. And Utami kicks out and then hits her with the the rack bomb and then hits her with the the, the spinning um, razor's edge. But after the match, like, Mayu is clearly beaten, but, like, she gets up, and she's upset, and this also plays into what happened earlier in the weekend on, on the Saturday show, but, like, um, uh, Kid is trying to help her out and console her, and she looks at Kid, and she just, like, sh- she just shoves her the fuck off of her, like, get the fuck away from me, I'm disgusted, I'm pissed, I'm getting the fuck out of here, like, that, so that, so it's, like, Clearly, like, whatever is going on, this isn't the last of them wrestling, but it was still just, like... Broken Mayu. <laughs> broken Mayu. Like, no, it's like, I mean, <laughs> given what happened on Saturday and also with this, it's like, this could be this could be a, a slow burn towards a heel turn. And quite frankly, like, if that's what they do with her, cool. Um, but, like, you know... It, it, it's just it's just weird is like the three biggest stars in the company are all in the same or the three biggest merch sellers in the company are all on the same faction it, 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 and like but the two but like all in one faction but like the two factions are getting the biggest pushes right now are Queen's Quest and Don Del Mondo and it's like okay so I are these long uh, clearly these are long term plays, but like when does the payoff come? Josh, what'd you uh, think about this match? No, I, I thought it was a really good match. Actually, I, I, it was it was certainly one that uh, caught my attention. Uh, pretty like you said, there was some pretty pretty heavy hit uh, shit on there. Like that that finisher was uh, pretty brutal when she slammed her down. Um, I think this happened in this match. It's it's kind of late night, so I'm kind of also trying right, to think. right think, before we went to that singles I talked about at the end. Like she hits her with uh, a a running lariat, and Mayu does this stupid bump that she does, where she she does the flip off of the lariat, but 
because it's Mayu, she lands on the top of her head on purpose. Yeah, that was scary. I, I that's I don't like that bump <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's one think, of her things. Yeah, earlier in the match too, I think was it I think it was this match. I think Mayu hits uh, Utami with the uh, tombstone on the apron. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yep. And then she melts off, and was... uh, Utami melts off of the apron to the floor. Yep. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah, that was pretty brutal too. It looked like he, it was a little stiff on the uh, the landing, but I, I mean, everything uh, in this match uh, it really kind of worked for me. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's, what you, it's what you want out of a main there, event, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you, don't, you want it to be hard-hitting and fast-paced and, you know, I liked yeah. it. Um, also, uh, later on in the match, Utami answers her back by giving her air raid crash off <laughs> onto the right, apron too. Right. She jumps. She's on the apron, has her on a backpack on her back, and then jumps to the floor and then lets her go. And then Mayu just jump and just lands right on the apron, which is funny because um, during a during a tag match with a uh, it wasn't the tag league final, but like um, I think it was the the first match of or one of the first few nights of um the tag league because you know opposite whatever the tag league stuff was weird this year where like people in people in a block wrestled the other block so basically you were guaranteed a rematch in the final so the first match between the um that the that the finalists had against each other like is momo and azumi versus utami and big saya and utami gave this is the first time she ever did it, where she gave that same apron uh, air raid crash. Man, she she jumped off of that apron, and she didn't let go of Momo fast enough, and Momo did nothing but land on nothing but the floor, and I was like, oh my god, I I, I was I I I was like, I was horrified, but I'm glad that she dropped her on the apron as intended, but because. She wasn't supposed to drop Momo on the floor. I know that for a fact because they reacted like, "Oh my God, are you okay? Please, you know, I'm sorry." But yeah, right, right. but um, yeah, it, it was a great match. Um, it's prop. It might be the weakest title defense that Mayu had, but it was still a great match. Yeah, it was. Um, that like that gear I saw so Tommy going through at the end of the match was very entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, she brought up some other things she normally do. Like when she was um, when she was targeting the neck, when she had Mayu's head, um, had her body basically on the apron and her head sticking out over the apron, over the lip of the apron, and she started hitting her with kicks to you know jostle the neck or whatever else. Like Utami don't kick, so like she was like, nah, I I see this weakness. I'm going to I'm going to try to dislodge this this vibranium slinky. Um, part. I'm gonna try my damnness at least. Yeah, you know, kicking. Good idea. Shout out to Aritha. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really. I mean, I don't. I don't have a rating for it. It's probably it's in the low fours. Probably four and a quarter four. But yeah, um, it was still a great match. That's what I was yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, 
I guess we go next to the to the white belt match. Um, oh, uh, let's go to the post match. Um, Utami, you know, one thing of note. Um, Stardom has had two different red belts, two designs. Um, they have the original, um, and then my so the title lineage goes from Nanai Takahashi to Alpha Female Jazzy Gabbard. Um, NXT UK or May Young Classic as well um, to EO to Yoshiko to it being vacated Kairi wins it Mako wins it from her EO wins it back from Mako Stardom is Mako Satomura <laughs> why you had to do that <laughs> anyway so uh, EO wins it back from Mako uh, and then Mayu wins it from EO and then um, Mayu has a match against Tony Storm after Tony Storm wins the uh, 2017 Grand Prix, um, and she and within like the first minute of the match she dislocates her elbow, so they have to award they award the belt to, to Tony Storm. So that's that's the belt, that's the red belt that they had. Um, and then they had a, a secondary redesign, a second redesign belt, and that's when they issued it out. Um, and Tony Storm had it, and then Tony Storm dropped it to Kagetsu. Kagetsu drops it to B. Io, or Mayu wins it back from B, and then Mayu says, "I want the I want Nanai's belt." And then she, after she says that uh, in front of a crowd, she goes, "Am I allowed to say Nanai's name?" <laughs> uh, and she says, "I want this. I want the Nanai. I want the Nanai belt. You know, with the the chain links, and that's why she has a, the red outfit with the gold links on it to symbolize like that specific." that specific belt or whatever else. So after Momo, after I say Momo, after Utami beats her, Rossi comes into the ring with both belts. Keep in mind, Rich, as he's mission, what's her, what's Utami's new nickname? Big U. No, the new era. Oh, new era. So, so Utami, so Rossi comes in with both belts, the new redesigned belt and the old Takahashi belt. Which one do you want? Utami picks the the newer belt. It's it's that was that was a defining thing. That was what they were going for. So I I, I like that storyline touch of like, nah, like I understand Mayu is old guard and she wanted to come back to you know some of the traditions of the title belt lineage. But nah, like I'm the new era. I am ushering in this change again. I'm bringing back the change we were headed towards. So that, I thought that was a cool touch. She goes on the mic, talks about you know, talks about the icon. Uh, talks about like that she felt the weight of ten years and everything, and um, she she she's looking for a new challenge, her first challenger for the December twentieth Osaka Indian Arena show, um, in the same place they did the um one of the I think one of the final nights of the Grand Prix or not Grand Prix of the G one, but anyway, um, out comes Julia, and out comes Shuri, See, both I at the same time. This. I just clicked out of it. Okay, um, well they both ran. They both ran down together, and it was like, pick one, pick one of us. And then out comes Momo, Momo, who's been chasing after Momo, we've been chasing after Mayu in his red belt since the the ninth anniversary show. So like, I want a shot. And they are in all three arguing amongst each, amongst each other. All three, you know, just picked up big wins on this show, and they just set the table for our next run of challengers. Um. So, so 
Utami says choice up to you. Or Don Delmano members say it's up to you. Utami ends up picking Momo. So they're going to wrestle in the main event of the Osaka show on December 20th. And then on the undercard of that, they're going to do a white belt versus um, SWA, a double belt match uh, between Julia and Shuri. Um, mm. Which, you know. Uh, so they got two good ass matches on top. Uh, but. Look, they probably gonna they gonna have Julia win, and then Julia would be like, "Yeah, I got these two belts." With Tommy, what's up? And that's probably that could be your ten year anniversary match too. I just don't know the title belts think, like. I don't. I don't think they would do that. Yeah, but I don't think they would know. do that. Um, but yeah. Um. Quite frankly, I don't think they should be being Julia or Shuri with each other. Like, I don't think I don't think either one is good for them right now to either, to lose to the other right now. To be quite honest with you, but you know, whatever. Because um, maybe they'll give us a uh, non-finish. I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> what you're most likely to get is a 30 minute time limit draw. That's what you're most likely to get. Um, mm. yeah, but. Yeah, that I mean that's that's pretty where we are. So I guess we go to the white belt match. Um Konami versus Julia. I gotta say, uh I probably thought this is my I probably like this match more than any other match on the card. Um It it was just so simple. It's like Julia fancies herself as a submission specialist. She's not all that good at it, but she tries. God bless her heart. She's up against one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. And Konami basically she starts the match with just like she she starts the match by going to her back in the middle of the ring like Tupac. <laughs> and she's just like, come yeah. on. She's like, come, come here. On. Come, come here. on. Come on. She I love that. I love that moment. That Julia, was that was great. Julia tries to grab a hold. She can't do shit. She is <laughs> She she damn near gets put in an arm bar. She escapes luckily with her arm intact. She backs off. They get up and they fight. And then from there, um Konami gets to work on her on her um right arm. And there's just so much great like stuff that happens in the match. Like there's there's a spot where like Konami's kicking her ass so badly that like she gets starts doing disrespectful stuff she literally slaps the back of her head while she's on the floor while julie's on the floor julie gets up and starts and they start brawling back and forth from there um they end up out the ring um konami is a posting julia's bad arm against the post uh gdm members and Oto Edo tai members they distract each other um konami in the i'm sorry distract the ref Konami gets uh, the chair from underneath the ring, wraps her arm in the chair, Julie's arm in the chair, and then posts her arm again. And then her arm, she's from there, she's selling her arm a lot throughout the rest of the match. And, I mean, there's different spots where, you know, they're brawling, they're exchanging uh, forearms for, for, with kicks and everything. Um, there's, there's, there's a spot where, like, Konami is beating the shit out of her arm with kicks. Just gross. Um... You know, there's one. You know, there's a spot where they're both on getting up after they beat the hell out of each other, where they they're exchanging forearms on their knees. 
Konami knows that her armor's fucked, so she's like, come on, bring it on. I dare you to keep throwing these forearms. I dare you. And then Julia's just like, she keeps trying to throw it. She gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And then, like, Konami keeps hitting her and throwing, um, like, disrespectful slaps in her face. And then Julia traps her, her, her arm and then just rears back and gives her a raw, unprotected, legit shoot head butt that you can hear thudding through the arena. Shibata. Yeah. Um, that was pretty, yeah, that was... There's a there's um there's a time where Julia ends up getting this weird like almost like an inverted version of Konami's old submission finisher uh the Triangle Lancer but like she can't hold on because her arms too shot um there's uh it's just it was just a great match like basically the end comes where Julia tries to get her up to give her her um her tombstone but she can't because her arms hurt too bad. Konami slips off from the back, gets her back, and then slaps on a Kimura. Uh, Julia adjusts a little bit and then gets her up and actually hits her with a tombstone and gets the win. And then, like, seconds later, Konami's up and talking shit and saying, like, you didn't beat me, you survived. This ain't over. Um, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed the match. Uh, this was, like, the best possible version of a Julia-Konami match in light years beyond the match they had in the semifinal of the White Belt Tournament back in January. Josh, it's on you. What did you think it was? Yeah, no. I, yeah, I, so for me, like, it, there wasn't as many, like, spot spots that stood out to me, like the uh, the Red Belt match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt like it was put together really, really well. And it flowed and it told a little bit better story, in my opinion. I really enjoyed this match quite a lot. And like you said, that the uh, a lot of those kicks, like, you know, normally in a wrestling match, you'd see those kicks kind of go to the head or the chest. Um, and she was definitely working that arm. Uh, and, and that became the huge focal point of the match. Um and I, I thought watching it, I was like, oh, how is she going to win with that arm all being you know, busted up? So, uh, no, I thought it was a really good match. Um, they, they really – they they I listen, I got work. Um, so, listen, I, that, I, I don't know if I like that one better than the red match because that's, that, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like them both, but I really enjoyed that match quite a bit. Yeah. No, I'm, the reason I'm laughing is like, no, we, we, know, we, know, we know that Julia's winning that match. <laughs> She <laughs> ain't fucking losing. Uh, not no time soon, I don't think. Um, yeah, uh, I you know, um, given what we've seen with, uh, well, I don't even want to get into the last match, but like these big shows, um, this match, the Yokohama match with 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 Tam, which, I mean. I feel like I feel like almost like once a month I come on here and say it's like the people that were so upset that Julie was getting pushed over their favorites in stardom. Um, I feel you, but sit down. <laughs> like I look, man. Like she, she, um, she's good. Like I understand that it was rough when she first came through and people were mad at her because she transferred the Ice Ribbon. Um, and and fucked up. Uh, what's her name's uh, Sila Tequila's uh retirement um tour or whatever else. But it's like she's here. She has good ass matches. They push her to the moon. They sur- they've done everything in their power to surround her with super talented uh women around her. That and they and she has nothing. And she has good matches all the time. And um, all the guys love 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 Julia. <laughs> <laughs> um. Not as much as like 
they will want them or or Bushiro will want them to yet anyway. But yeah, like she's she's doing very well. Um, yeah, it's like, like man, I, once you understand that stardom is not the meritocracy that you thought you think it was for some weird reason, the easier and it's just like every other promotion, the easier you'll be able to accept that they push people because of they have something that you know is that not everybody can have right like it happens in a, it happens here too like you just hope that like that person that gets pushed is a, can have good ass matches or you know put to be, put together uh, intriguing television and Julia's absolutely done that so i you know i just don't i i i understood it but it's like the the amount of stuff you see on twitter from you know from people was just like at the time was like y'all y'all overdoing it and now like she's making y'all look foolish. Um, Twitter Twitter being loud and wrong about somebody? No. <laughs> yeah, that's never happened before, Rich. Yeah, yeah. You know. It was so funny, like going back to like the the final of the white belt tournament. We were like people were like I saw a couple people that were like Tam and Julia. This is gonna stink, and I was like. Okay, well, um, when they win the feud of the year award and the start in your end awards, what's she gonna do? <laughs> like, quite frankly, they probably had the best feud in pro wrestling this year. If if you include accumulate all their matches together, they probably have. But whatever. Um, so underneath this car, underneath this match was B Priestley versus uh. Shuri for the SWA title. The SWA Loved title. It. Yeah, I did too. Um, the SWA title, um, to, to explain to um, Josh, is basically a Gaijin belt. Um, the rules of the belt is it must be defended. It can only be defended against people from a different nationality than the champion. So... Um, okay. So the first person to win it was EO and then um and then Tony Storm won it off EO and then took it around the world and defended it um at different stops or whatever else in different indie shows and then came back and then dropped it off and then like it's it's typically like the loner belt for um for whoever top guys you they trust, whether it's Jamie Hayden or it's B Priestley or um or Tony Storm most famously. So um B had just won it because it was vacated by Jamie because she hasn't been back since the pandemic hit. But um, B had just won it at the um, Yokohama show by beating Momo. So um, they set this match up in like our in like the mid October Corken Hall um, after they did a Oedo tie versus um, Queens or sorry Queens fans, but um, Oedo tie versus Donald Armando t- multiple person tag is like a six person or a eight person. Can't remember at the end. B was talking shit. She said, you know, her thing where she goes like, Shuri, you suck. Shuri. I have the audio. Yeah. Shuri blew her fucking stack and chased her out of the building. Um, so they had that match. They, they ended up having this match. Um, this is a great match. Uh, Shuri out wrestles uh, B. B scrambles for the ropes two different times. Then eventually gets a hold of Shuri's leg and goes to town on it. Um, Shuri fires back and like she does what I believe is selling the leg 
it as well as you possibly can while being a person that's going to um, still do stuff in a match. Because, um, you know, you can't do the ton of hash where you're just like, I'm just immobile. But, like, for a person that's, like, going to throw kicks with a bad leg, like, and given that, you know, in real fighting, the leg that you throw, that get, that's, when a leg is hurt, you want the leg that you're going to kick with to be the one that's hurt as opposed to the plant leg. So, she did a great job yeah, with that. I, so, I, I thought B, you know, Tanahashi-like. <laughs> you know? Oh, with the dragon screw leg whip? <laughs> yes. You know, two, two great two great workers on, on you know in Japan. You know, B Priestley and Hiroshi Tanahashi. You know, same level. It's funny because people hate her so much, but she's good. <laughs> like, how do you? I, look, look, man, I, 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 I can understand. Start a wrestler of the year, B Priestley. I'm not going there on one inch radio. See, here you go with this cap shit. So. Um, I can I can feel my I can feel my brother in law getting angry uh, <laughs> <laughs> at, at that notion. Yeah, I can just feel the I feel Zach just no right. <laughs> so throughout the match, like uh, B has answers for J or for Jamie for Shuri in the form of working over um, the leg and the ankle on the bad on her striking leg. So uh, whether it's you know. Transitioning, transitioning, and rolling through after catching a kick, and then um, slapping on this modified grapevine ankle lock. Whether it's, um, basically, you know, General Bret Hart like working over the, of the, you know, kicking a hamstring to death, putting it against the ropes, slamming on the rope, slamming on it, um, slamming down on it while it's against the rope. Um, I thought she did, really, did a really good job. Uh, it reminds me almost of her match with Arissa from January. Was that January? Yeah, January. But like, maybe that was February. Not that was February. February, because the January match that she had was against um, Utami. So from uh, February, but like, it it went the direction that that match should have went. It didn't break off into you work over my leg for forever, and then like I just run and jump and pretend it never happened. So. Um, it was it was just so well done, and ultimately, like because, um, Shuri is a submission specialist, and her her, her submission of expertise is trying to rip your fucking arm off the socket. She goes for arm bars, to answer for um time she's you know uh, fighting from underneath, and it ultimately becomes like one person selling a one person a striker selling a bad leg, the other person is um trying to take advantage of this with holes, but ultimately, like, how well can that work when you only have one arm to really try to slap holes on this bad leg? So then there's a spot where... It was funny because... Um, there's a spot where... They both get to their feet. Um, Shuri goes for a kick. B blocks it with her bad arm. So they both sell. B tries to throw a forearm with the bad arm. Shuri blocks it. They uh or she sells it. Then they both go for a kick, and because you know they're both they both throw strikes, but Shuri is a legitimate MMA former UFC Japan pancrase motherfucker. She outpaces her like slimmer to the, the Kenta stuff to, to the you know beats her to the kick and takes her out and then like hits her with a gigantic kick. It, it was so well done throughout the match, but basically um. Shuri get, is is laid out. She's dead to right. She's pulling herself up against the corner. B comes flying in from the opposite corner and hits her with a 
and V triggers her head into the uh, ring post padding. It was awesome. Uh, lifts her up to go for the old Manami Toyota uh, Japanese Ocean Cyclone, su- Cyclone Suplex. Um, Shuri fights out, or fights out, slips down behind her, and gets a uh, sleep sleeper. B is fighting to the ropes. She gets halfway to the ropes. Shuri drags her ass back while she's still in the seated position. She uses her right leg to trap or to basically jam her her right foot underneath B's right foot, which traps B's right leg and right arm against like the back of Shuri's hamstring. Uses the other leg and traps B's left arm behind her back and then slaps on a dragon uh, a dragon sleeper and it just, t- just passes makes uh, B pass out. I was like, "What the yeah. fuck is this? That is gross." I love Shuri. I hope she is a white belt or red belt champion sometime soon. She's the second best wrestler in this fucking company. And they pull and they literally pulled her out of being a freelancer just in the last, you know, cup like month or so. But like she's been with Stardom ever since uh January or February. And I think it's January or February. And she's been awesome ever since. Like she was second best wrestling in the Grand Prix. I love this woman. Like I, I even liked her. I always liked her stuff, even when it, watching Ceiling or whatever else. But like in Stardom, she's even better somehow. Look, she's their Shingo. Could be, could be. Um, so after, after the match, I got this gripping piece of audio. <laughs> so. That means be previously you suck. <laughs> I loved it because she taught that shit to Shuri. Shuri ran her out her ass out the rucker, got her in the ring, whooped her, took her fucking belt, not made her pass out, and then you tell me I suck. I just passed. I just made you pass the fuck out. You suck. Sounds yeah. like good storybook telling the 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 baby face person in this matchup got her comeuppance or got the comeuppance. And the heel got to react like yeah. the heel still. Yes. Kind of keep their heat a little bit. Yes. Very simple. Um, and then that ties into um, what happens at the, after the end of the main event where she comes out and where Julia and Shuri both come out as far as setting the table for what's the course for the fate of the Red Belt over the next few months. Um. So the match before that was Hameka versus Momo. Um, I thought it was a very good match. I is it, not of the caliber of the previous three matches we discussed, but still good nonetheless. Um, Momo's super overqualified to be in this position. <laughs> um, yeah, and they they had a really good match. It's it's more of basically Momo is using her striking and her grappling to try to keep the 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 giant off balance. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, ultimately, Momo gets herself in some trouble, and she she tries some things to escape this, you know, Hameka's big running um, power bomb. She tried to hurricane Rana out of it. It didn't work because Momo doesn't do hurricane Rana, <laughs> she, so she she basically stops the momentum and then slaps um slaps on a a Boston Crab after earlier in the match. Um, Hameka actually worked over uh, 
Momo's legs for a short amount of time, uh, realizing like this striker is going to eat me up if I don't do something to try to curb her or deter her from throwing kicks. But ultimately, um, didn't work. Momo ends up making the ropes. Uh, they wrestle a little bit more. Uh, Momo ends up getting a uh, get some head kicks off. Goes for uh, a cross chicken wing. Hameka's trying to make the rope. She reaches out desperately with a free hand. That's a big mistake. You don't do that, Momo Watanabe. You know what happens next when you reach out? That arm gets caught. That arm gets put back, and you get you get your ass lifted in the peace sunrise. The uh, the pump handle half German and and four pin, and, and she ended up dropping her right on her neck and pinning her one two three. Josh, what did you think about this one? Yeah, no, I actually, you know, it's funny. I agree with what you said, James. It's maybe a notch below the the, the two other ones uh, that we just talked about, the three other ones we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed this match quite a bit. Um, you know, but I, I you did a good job uh, kind of talking about all the shots. I can't think of any other ones that were really worth, <laughs> you know, noteworthy. No, 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 no. Please, please do that because, uh, you know, I have uh, what I call dad memory, which means that, you know, uh, I can't even remember my kids' names sometimes. So I be having uh, the same shit, bro. I don't be remembering nothing. Be having a match. It's, it's rare. So I, and you know, I, I take notes and stuff. But yeah, um, and you know, showing you guys, this is my my like notes, right? I have, I do, I'm old school. I write them <laughs> down with pen and paper. Um, but yeah, no, I, really good match. Uh, you know, uh, Momo is uh, somebody that I've actually watched uh, before, mm-hmm. um, and like picking, you know, picking choosing matches uh, to go back and kind of look at. Um, so no, I, I I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, um, the match before that is the high speed match. It is Azumi in her second title defense versus the Clown. <laughs> Death the Clown. Yes, yes, Death the Clown. Uh, yeah, like I love uh, this. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's just back to the it's back to the classic one on one high speed days of Hazuki or even I don't even want to say like you know because Rio had uh, had typical great uh, high speed defenses as well, but it's just you know this was the track that this was headed towards with Azumi before Rio came in. Like she was going to be. She was going to succeed Hazuki as a high speed champion, but plans changed. Like it's on her now, and she's doing really good with it. Like I would suggest, um, if you like this match, even though it went like uh, four minutes, three minutes, minutes or whatever, three minutes and twenty seconds. Hey, honoring honoring the legacy of Hazuki by wrestling under Hazuki's rules, <laughs> yeah. ten minutes or under. But um, yeah, uh, you know, I've I've seen them have high speed matches before. They're always good. Um, Yoniyama in, in Azumi and they had another one. Uh, so if you haven't seen, it, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, I would check out the match they had in the opener. Um, that Azumi had in the opener with Starlight Kid in at the Yokohama show, and like that is that's the best Starlight Kid Azumi match they've ever had, which is saying something because wow. all they do is fucking wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh. But yeah, it was, you know, good title defense. Uh, they didn't have um, Natsupoi on this show. They haven't had her in a while, I don't think, because I think it's because, you know, she wasn't on Tag League. But Oh, wow. Um, Azumi's an adult now. Yeah, she's 18. We old, bruh. <laughs> I remember, like, she was like... I feel like she was 16 a week ago. 16. <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, 
Um, 18, feels, 18 feels like so long ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, she's setting up for a feud, a big a big title defense with um, Nasty Poi eventually. Um, they were in the Corkin Hall show on Saturday, and they were in a five, either a four or five-way match. Can't remember, but I think it was like a five-way or four-way, whatever. But um, those two were went beeline for each other in the match. Didn't really care much about trying to win the match as much as trying to beat each other up, talking shit to each other. They end up, I end up um, getting each other like caught in the ropes where they can't uh, stop the pinfall from happening in the match they were in. After they get out of the ropes. They they're grabbing each other by the hair and they're talking shit to each other and like Azumi and that's where we're gonna have a great match whenever they have it for the high speed belt. Um, I there, we we know it's coming but we don't know where. But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. Uh, but before the match before that is like the six person tag match. I'm not gonna go into detail about it. Um, as far as the moves in the match, but give you backstory to update you. On Saturday's show, let me phrase this. Let me go back even further. Let's go back. Let's go back. Um, Tam is the second in command of Star of Stars. Um, she has been in Stars before the actually was called Stars. It was called the Stardom Army, and then it changed into Stars after some stuff we need to go over right now. But um, she has been Mayu's loyal number two for years. They wasn't allowed to have armies in Japan. That's that's what happened. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> they uh, we're we're at, okay. So, Rich, you remember this at the beginning of the year? Um, Tam put Big Saya, one of her her mentees, into stardom into stars on her own accord. She just said, "I, you know, I love you." I want you in stars. Come to stars. And she was in stars until Utami beat her in the future belt and then said, you know, we're short staff. You will look up to me. Come with me. And then she left stars to go to Queen's Quest. And now they're the tag champions. Um, so, Utami. like, she could just leave her faction with no problem? Yes. Yes. It wasn't, it wasn't again. Yes. She wasn't held at gunpoint and she couldn't. Yes. Absolutely. Caleb. Jackass. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh,. Yeah, Caleb uh, is in the camp of the bad guys are the young bucks and not uh, Hangman for screwing over his friends because they would not let him leave the friendship group because apparently it's like I don't know it's like selling it's like selling dope like in your right, in you your own consignment. you can't get out right you just right. can't get out get the fuck out of here like, anyway is that what I saying? is that why we're stuck with Caleb is that he can't get out like even if he wanted to like, <laughs> that's insane right. Right, as if, okay. yeah, me, right. but but like while ignoring the counterfactual, that like Cody fucking Rhodes has, Rhodes has left them and also is doing his his own faction, and nobody even says a word to him. They don't bother him. They don't beat him up. They don't even pay attention to him. But apparently, the, the hangman can't get away from these guys that were just like will just abuse him or something. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, back to back to lecture at hand. Yeah, we spent so, we spent way too much time talking about Caleb. Yeah, Let's just move on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, so, so, true, Caleb. So, then, um, she adds Big Saya, Big Saya leaves, um, into 
so Big Side says to uh, her her friend, her fellow rookie, her best friend in stardom, um, Itsuki, come with me to Queen's Quest and we can, you know, create our path together like we always plan. Um, Itsuki says, "What you mean we?" I I don't have dreams of riding your coattails. I have dreams of becoming my own person. I want to join stars. Um, Tam watching her two mentees diverge. One of them is leaving and wants the other one to leave. The other one um, says, I want to stay. Like shakes her hand, puts her in stars and give her this huge hug. Like, thank you for not leaving me alone with Arissa. Thank God. So, um, did she know Arissa was about to buzz off on their ass? Right. <laughs> so, um, flash forward to so those are two people that she that that's Tam because she's number two. She's the underboss. <laughs> it's put, she, she, she patching people in. She's bully Ray. I, I'm not going that far. I was, I was more talking about Fale as far as the underboss joke, but um, she has been given. She has had this authority to add people to stars for a while now with no, 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 no conflict. So, um, the Oklahoma show happens back in October. The, the day after is Mina versus Tam. Tam whoops her ass and says, Hey, I like you. Um, come, come be my tag member in tag league. Come be in stars. Uh, during the tag league, it is, uh, Mom, or sorry, Mayu and starlight kid, versus uh Tam in Mina Mayu whoops Mina's ass and pins her and it says after that or on the front end before the match happened they knew that this was a test match or a trial match to see if she deserves to be a stars Mayu whoops her ass pins her and says nice job welcome to stars <laughs> so so flash forward to the Saturday show um, Mina and Tam have a have a surprise for everybody, and they're going to have a a a new third person come in. Uh, code name was ZZ, you know, someone's debuting. So it is um, a woman named Unagi. Um, I can't, I don't remember what her name was, but she's from t- former Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is like that's Tokyo Joshi Pro Ice Ribbon in. Actress girls is where like stardom is plucking people, really. If you look at it, Dylan. Yeah. Um. So I believe the way that you say her last name, James, is Sayaka. Sayaka. That's how I'm pronouncing it until I I hear pronunciation. Best I can do. Works for um, me. So, um, is, she, is Rich Paul funneling all these people to stardom? Trying to think who would be the Rich Paul of who would be the Rich Paul of, of Japanese women's wrestling. Hold on, who would be this power broker? Uh, huh. It can't be Rossi. Rossi's too high profile. He's a, he's a, like a team owner. Who would be? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Mayu. Maybe Mayu. I don't know. You know, because you know she gets to talk to like you know the Joshi Illuminati, so she you know she has some ties, special privileges. Right, right, right. But anyway. She she comes in and the match is um Unagi, Tam, and Mina versus Mayu, Starlight Kid, and it may have been Hannon, it may have been 
Saya, I can't remember. But basically, they have this match, or it, before the match even happens, Mayu, uh, while Starlight Kid's doing the promo, is upset, and she looks pissed off, and Starlight Kid's like, why are you pissed off? And she's like, I just have some weird feelings, and I'll sort it out in the ring. Match starts. Mayu beats the shit out of all three of them throughout this match, and I don't mean it like... Uh, like she clearly has an attitude of saying I'm pissed off at these three and I'm letting them feel it <laughs> like these motherfuckers finna feel it um the Met like and Tam's like the last person to get in for a while and then eventually Tam gets in with Mayu and they just it's, it is like fireworks it is very similar to their grand pre-match um and they just go at it and then at the end ultimately um Mayu's team loses um, and she just, she doesn't shake hands with them or none of that. Like she just storms off. So there was a Twitter exchange that happened that I saw and I'm, I'm getting this all out of chronological order because like I'm trying to avoid spoilers. So I block all the Twitter accounts, but Tam bringing in a fourth person in to stars in the year of 2020 was a tipping point. She was like, you're not even the leader of stars. Who are you to keep putting motherfuckers in the stars? What the fuck is going on? Um, <laughs> Tam was like, Mayu, you know I love you, and you saved me um, after I got kicked out of Oedo tie in that match. But, like, my path isn't to just, like, follow behind you and ride your coattails for the rest of time. Um, so, as of right now, the standing is... It's stars, and then there is a subunit in stars called the Cosmic Angels that is Tam, Mina, and Unagi. So they're the elite. Uh, I think that the Mayu and Starlight Kids side is the elite because. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. You know, like. Tam's better than Starlight Kid, but like if we start going down and we start having to go like Mina versus versus Lasaya, I'll take Lasaya as far as like the worker. But whatever. Um, here's the thing: it's a logjam at Stars. Like when um, TCS got disbanded, everybody from TCS, except for Konami and um, Rena, went to Stars. So Stars is right now with the addition of Unagi. They're ten deep. Mm-hmm. they're 10 deep and like most factions have like five or six people it's almost as if they're splitting this in half eventually so that's fine um it sucks be- or it sucks because like you know tan and my year my two favorite wrestlers and like their friendship and bond is the reason why i like both of them so much like if they split apart eventually over time like i'm, I'm not gonna like it but like tam's overqualified to be a faction leader that's been the case for a while it is what it is all th- not all things can la- not all great things can last forever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, to the match, they have the match. Uh, the Cosmic Angels versus Oedo Tai. It is uh, Saki and Natsuko in Little Rena. Rena um, was after TCS got disbanded, got moved over to Stardom or Stars. And then she turned on stars in some like second match or opener match at a Corkin Hall, and then came out uh, and helped Saki win a match. And then like two matches later, she came out for NASCO's match, and she's with stars ever since. So now 
after dressing like mini me Hannah uh, for like that year, she is basically like dressed like Hannah still, except it's all black and she has like this top and she looks like a 13 year old nominatrix. <laughs> it's a little odd. I the thing is this it's super odd if you don't have the context I have it's like she used to dress like this one woman that she used to inspired by she passed away because she because she got cyber she got cyber bullied to death and she was wearing her garb and then like she's on this hill team now so she wears all of her garb stuff except it's all black now it's like but she looks like a domination now I know but I've explained that to you it's like but you, you know after I explained to you you're still like yeah cool bro it's a 13 year old dressed like a domination what the fuck is going right. on so I yeah I, I so it's a mind I understand <laughs> I, I completely understand what's going on out here that, um, yeah. that, that, that Vince Lombardi yeah yeah it's 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 <laughs> like wait I mean dude it because Mel, Melser talked about um uh Hina wearing the um the Hannah stuff back in January. Uh-huh. Like there is no pandemic now, or like if there was no pandemic, he'd be flying in and he would be seeing her now as a 13 year old domination. He'd be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> It'd be funny. But um yeah, so they have a match. Uh and at the end of it, it, it was an okay match, but ultimately uh Utami oh, this shit in here was funny. Utami well go ahead. Oh, uh, I thought you saw one the five way. Oh yeah, but basically, ultimately, uh, Mina gets the win over over the Dominatrix, <laughs> and um, Cosmic Angels are off to the races. Uh, we'll see what happens in the future. Like, uh, I I suspect that we're going to get a big Mayu Tam match eventually, which you know, maybe that's like the tenth anniversary show. I mean, it could be like I mean their, their match was their match that they had in the Grand Prix at the end of it was awesome anyway. So like, and they have good ma- they've had two good matches I've seen two bangers that I've seen. So you give them feature length time to get it done like they, they'll have a classic. There's no doubt in my mind. But um, my you got to come out like with the all black gear now <laughs> and like evil music. Evil music. Um, she never she never worn all black before, but like 2018 she wore mostly black. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, here's the thing. Mayu is one of the best baby faces on earth. And she's probably miscast. Like, if you watch, for example, her match against um, Lil Sai in the Grand Prix, or sorry, Big Sai in the Grand Prix, her match with Starlight Kid um, in the Grand Prix, her matches when she is a wronged baby face getting revenge against Io Shirai after Io turned on her and started Queen Quest in uh, 16 to 17. Mayu with a mean streak beating the shit out of people is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, so if she were, if she were to turn the hill at this stage in her career, she could do it and she'd be fucking awesome at it because I've seen her have matches where she's had to bully people around and beat the crap out of them and they've been great. So whatever they want, like she could do anything. Alright, so it, it is what it is. Um But I, you know, uh we'll see what they do. I, I it seems like they're going this long path towards faction warfare and I don't mind it because like uh Unagi, she's only been wrestling for like a year. She has like less than fifty matches in her career on her belt. Mina, she's been wrestling for like about two years and she's she doesn't have nearly as many matches like someone uh 
like Utami who debuted around the same time. So like you know, I think Rich, you said you like Mina already, but like um Unagi is somebody that I think that like once she gets, you know, seventy matches a year plus, like she could be really good. So um there's there's room for growth there with that faction, especially given that the way they look, they all look like money. So <laughs> um The five way was yeah, so the five way was uh, the next match. Um, Rich, you, yeah. this, this is your notes. You see that you love this match. You said this was some PWG yeah. shit. So go ahead. Yeah, this is this is a PWG match. Oh. All the all the five way spots. The referees doing spots with them. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me the, say the names of everybody in the match. It is Riho and Starlight Kid and Hannon and uh, Hina, Hina and Big Saya. Yep. So I got I saw Riho come out and I was so happy I miss Riho. Bring her back home to AEW. You know. Bring her back home. In this damn pandemic. I think she technically is home, uh, Rich. Uh that's why it was so funny. Um but, uh, Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna ask a question, just because Rio came up. If she came back to AEW right now, like where would they even put her? Like what 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 did she just go right after the title? Like they have to ease her back in and then go for it again. Um, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I remember, like, she was the, I mean, she was their most bankable star in the women's division at the time. Um, I think the main thing is the same, similar to um, Pac, is, like, if they come over here, they, they have to stay for, a, they need a place to stay. So, unless you mm-hmm. set up a residency for them to be able to live, what what, what else can they do except for go back? Um, right, you know, uh, like I mean, quite frankly, without the pandemic, like she was in a perfect, she had a perfect situation for her, right? She could work in the biggest uh, re- women's promotion in the country she's from, and then like they were they booked her as the biggest star in the division, which she was uh, on in American television, and it was perfect for her. The problem is now, um, oh, also, and because of. It was like a feedback loop, and because of you know she wasn't originally in Stardom, she was in uh, Gotta got got Move. She moved to Stardom, and because she was the AEW Women's Champion, or being groomed for it at the time anyway, like she never did jobs. Like she has yet, to, she's been with uh, Stardom for a. I think she showed up in the the August. I think she showed up in August. Um, Cork and Hall of last year. She's been around for like 14 months. She has yet to be pinned or submitted. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Smart. So, yeah. And I don't, I don't mind it. Like, there are some people that they, they lose their mind over it, but I don't care. It's like, she's not in, she's not put in high stakes situations. Like, the problem, the, the thing that kind of stinks about for Riho is that because of her situation where there is a clearly a credo or some type of decree that she cannot do jobs. They don't put her in any matches of consequence, so right. they made it. So they made her the high speed champion, and then like the time when it was time for her to say, "All right, we gave you this title shot. It's time to put the belt on back. Go back to or go to Azumi like we were playing to before you won the table." Um, they put Starlight Kid and they made a three way, and then Azumi pinned Starlight Kid. So, um, and then like when they did Tagly with Riho. Starlight Kid was there to do, they tagged together and all they did was have Star uh, do Starlight Kid do jobs for for when they need to lose. So that's that's his Reho, elite level working. 
<laughs> so, like, what's up happening on these shows that that Rio's on is like, you know, normally either Stars, Queen's Quest, or um, Donald Armando main event, or and then also on the second, uh, the semi main event, and then like, and then the third or second match, Rio's is in some type of multiple person match or a tag match, and she's tagging with either um, Queen's Quest or Stardom, or not Stardom Stars, and like. She either wins or she loses because someone else got pinned or submitted or whatever else. But she never gets jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's very good. If this thing wasn't on, she would be. I think she would be top eight. But they're never going to like. But she's never had a white belt match or a red belt match, and she's never going to because they they can't beat her. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, like it's it's, it's cool kind of to a, have her. That's an interesting pickle. Yeah, it's cool to have her, but like it sucks. It like she's clearly good enough to be like up the car, but like she's just stuck in main event purgatory. And like ultimately, if she's sell, still selling a bunch of merch, whatever with stardom, like it doesn't really matter. She's making her money, but like it stinks. It like she's stuck where she can't be a top star in America, and then also because of the decree with the America stuff, she can't be a top be at the top of the card in Japan either. So like she you know, she's making bank, but it sucks because, you know, well, she can't really you know, like do what she was meant to be doing right now because of stupid fucking pandemic. Wear a mask. You know, um, because, um so, you know, put the red belt on her and just let her beat everybody, you know. <laughs> you know? And then and then drop that shit and hand that belt back and well, say you lost your smile. Hey, well you know the most um I think I well, you know, right now, like the most interesting thing they could do is build towards a Utami versus Riho uh, red belt match right now. Given that you know Utami loves her some Riho, um, this was a this is the start of this like Queen's Quest thing. Before she was mostly just tagging with Stars or with T- Tokyo Cyber Squad, but once that started to get disbanded, they had a random Cork and Hall match where like second or third match was. Utami tagging with with Riho and Utami was like they're together and they're cutting a promo and like Utami's like you just um <laughs> you just stay safe and I'll protect you and and, and Riho was like oh <laughs> she literally she literally made the noise oh like what <laughs> and they had to, and they had the match and like they were they were a fun ass team and then, um, like recently, because of tag league, at the end of tag league, it was um, the tag champions, um, Utami and Big Saya versus mm-hmm. Riho and the Clown. Riho and the Clown were a tag team, and they were doing funny ass comedy spots. Like they, they were. I didn't, I didn't want to get into the spots they're doing, but they had the match where like Utami was like next to Big Saya and said like, "Yeah, we're in this match against Riho. You know, you know, I love Riho." She literally said, "I love Riho." And then Big Saya looked at her. And then put out this big ass potty face, bottom lip is sticking out, and whatever else. And she's jealous of her. She's trying to beat up Riho in the match. And there's a spot where um, Riho ends up in the air, and Utami catches her and holds her up like, like almost like Superman holding Lois Lane. And, she, <laughs> and like she starts rocking her back and forth like a baby. And it was fucking hilarious. I was like, hey man, like I don't know what's going on here, but I really enjoy this love triangle going on between Utami and Saya and Big Saya and Riho. And 
We can't get no fucking payoff because no because real can't do no jobs. <laughs> I want a payoff. I want someone beating over this. But um yeah, you know, it was it still was a very fun good match. It had a bunch of comedy spots you mentioned they, um it was a because of the the connections between um two members Five of Five Ways with West. mission moves. Yes. Uh yeah, what was it what was the move again? It so wasn't it was like, like they were there were four of them doing head scissors to each right. other like a caterpillar, and then right. like Big Side goes on the end and is like, "Nah, I'm not about to do that. I'm about to grab the first person, pop them in a Boston crab, and then it's like the pressure <laughs> is on all four yes. of them that is like yep. there. Yes. I'm like, oh, so they they have de- decided this is Rosita. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the the, uh, the six person suplex with the uh, with the, the ref. I was laughing watching that. I was just like, "Oh man, this this poor this poor refsy. There's no way he's uh you know he's gonna suplex somebody, so he's gonna eat the suplex." But I thought, I just I thought that was pretty funny. I really liked that spot too. Yeah, and you know this was a match that uh, got changed to a five way at the last minute, like the day before. Um, the newest rookie debuted on Saturday's Corgan Hall. And Big Saya apparently roughed her up so much that she couldn't wrestle on Sunday. So they had to audible from it being a six-person tag to a five-way. So, like, I saw that change, and I was like, okay, so you know Riho's going to be good. Starlight Kid's going to be good regardless. Big Saya, she's, she, she can be good when you get her spots right or whatever else. But we got two teenagers in here. We got a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. How are they going to adjust to having to scrap a match that they've probably practiced or whatever else? And... It went off without a hitch. It was a very good. It was a very good comedy match. Um, so that was a success for me because I was watching that match like this could stink, but it didn't. Um, hmm. Finish comes after they get everybody cleared out. Uh, Hina's still in the ring with Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid lays her out. Uh, Starlight Kid normally does a second rope moonsault. She says, "Nope." It's the big show. Well, not that big show, but it is a big show. I, I, I have to do something. I have to, you know, I have to take it to take it up a notch. Goes all the way to the top rope. Hits her first ever top rope moonsault. Gets a W. Um, so that was cool. Uh, then the then I guess we're, now we're here. We're at the opener. Future Stardom title match. Micah versus Little Saya. A and and Rich. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? I know you. Lo- I know. You, I thought you. I believe you really like this match. Yeah, um, seeing a little side do all them chops and shit is fucking hilarious. Side <laughs> um, like all of four foot nine. Yep, um, exactly four foot nine. And she's having a hoss match like Ishii, essentially. <laughs> and she's got really good fire. Yes. Um, she can bump her ass off. Yeah, she's um. Very interesting. She's always a fun watch. Like it's just, um, she's so little. Like <laughs> she's so little. She's so little, and her and she still is clearly with all only just the the young girl offense. So you wonder what else she can do, given that like she can already have very good matches with her limited experience and, li- and limited like skill set of things she can actually do or she's allowed to do. So it's like. What happens in, you know, a year or two when they say, all right, you're no longer a futures wrestler, um, go go do your thing. Um, like, hopefully she, you know, can stay healthy enough and 
um, and still be able to get to that point because like she could be really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Micah, I've forgot to mention this. I've been wanting to mention this ever since the, uh, the October 3rd match or show. Micah has gotten new gear and it is comes with a new robe in the robe. It's so awesome. Did you notice what the robe looks like, Rich? I did not. It looks like samurai armor, Rich. She like she's going to war. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> she, she, she comes down to the ring like a samurai, takes off the garb, and, and then gets the cheese to beat the shit out of people and throw them around. Um, I don't know what and, her future is. Now, what wrestling's supposed to be? Everybody's yeah. supposed to like dress up in like yes. wild outfits and then take them off. To get into the to the spandex and then whoop ass. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that because like I I keep forgetting to mention every time I go over Stardom it's like this woman comes down to the ring dressed as a samurai ready to whoop ass. But so like Will Osprey. <laughs> oh God. She doesn't have a samurai sword, but yes, yes. Uh, yeah, maybe um B can um put the word in and, and borrow it from Will. Wow. You know. One thing I like pro- to know. Cross department. <laughs> And uh, send it over to Bushy Road. Wow. So, Rich, on a scale of one ten, how how how? Uh, ask both of y'all. How big do y'all pop when Saya broke out the shoot raw legitimate headbutt? I was not expecting that in an opening match. <laughs> I was not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, know, you, you always you always see those headbutts and you wonder like, oh man, like I don't I don't know. Headbutting people like you it's know not me. I don't, give, I don't. I don't. I don't give a fuck what people do in the ring. But like headbutting is like, eh. for a, yeah, just don't do it for a young girl <laughs> opening match. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Um, how how old are these girls, James? Um, Micah and Sh- my I'm gonna say Shuri. Micah and um, Lusai are both like twenty three ish, twenty two, twenty three ish. Okay. Uh, not that that's any better to. I know that's I, 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 I a great age to do headbutts. Like, I know Sia looks like she's fifteen. I, I get it. I get it. No, I, I would have guessed that she's the older one just by oh. looking at, at the face. But um, yeah, no, I actually I, in my notes I wrote I, I literally wrote do these two women hate each other? Um, just because <laughs> like it's, to, to bust out a shoot headbutt in, in the the opening yeah. match. Um, it, I, I just I was just like. I don't even know what I'm watching right now. Like, this <laughs> is this is insane, right? Like, this is the opener. What the fuck? Okay, so right. it, okay, so they do have a storyline at play. Um, I want to say, okay, Utami beat Saya for the future. Oh, sorry, Utami defended the uh, futures belt against Big Saya back in February. Once she beat Big Saya, she relinquished the belt and said. I need to. I want to focus on on red on the red and white belt. I've defended this. I've had it for over thirteen months now. I've defended it a bunch of times. I'm leaving it for the, for the future. So um, when she you know she took big side with her to the QQ and they w- went off to the sunset. So the belt was um, def- was defended between Big Saya and Micah and. Um, Lusaya in this match that I forgot the name of it, but basically the rules were every two people get it's three of you. There's two people going to be in the ring for a fall. The winner 
and we're going and then like one person uh wins one person loses and then uh the losers replaced by the fresh competitor and we're going to keep having matches or falls over and over and over until someone wins back-to-back falls okay i got gotcha. you yeah, so basically it was uh, the old the old the old uh, win by two at the neighborhood uh, basketball uh, ball court. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it was a good ass match, by the way, because like after each fall progresses, like the matches get shorter, more intense. They sell more, and like um, by the end of it, uh, Micah pinned Big, si- or, sorry, Micah pinned Lasaya. Um, and she became the future champion. I think it was like it may have been the. This the July Corican Hall or maybe the August Corican Hall. I can't remember, but um, she's been champion ever since. Um, recently, Big Sayo went after went for another shot, challenged uh, Mike for another futures belt match, and Micah put her away. So, um, Saya has this match, or Lil Saya has this match, loses, and then like clearly that's not over like she is chasing after this this uh this future's belt and she'll get another shot eventually but um like even the even the freaking young girl belt has a storyline and people chase after so yeah um so well book company uh it it just comes down to exposure but uh yeah like i said like good show top to bottom consistently and um I wonder what they're going to do in the future because, like, there's some certain things, like, it's going to be heartbreaking for, to, to see what happens as far as this Mayu and Tam thing, but if it needs to be done, it needs to be done because, um, you know, you got to have something, you have to have something for Mayu, my, Mayu, Mayu to do at, while she's side questing <laughs> without the belt because, like, she's the biggest star in the company and she now, they took the belt off her and this was her ace one. So, like, where do you go from there? Like, you, you and don't tell me we're going to have some usual shit. <laughs> like no, you can't be doing that. The the uh, the bushy roadism uh, of it all, right? <laughs> like Gato, like find out Gato was recently hired. Like actually, we gonna get this this shit on Nasco, hey. and and then oh, we gonna God. do ref bumps and and all the shit, Amen. and then we gonna have somebody that don't try. You know, oh get real popular, <laughs> and then they're gonna swap the belt there and do a bunch of matches with Natsuko. <laughs> you know, but it, while Mayu wrestles against like who's the third person in Donald Mondo? Oh, uh, thir- um, third person Donald Mondo is Micah. Okay. Can't even do that. Uh, Everybody works hard in stardom, except for like maybe like two people. There are only two people you can even say are loafers. Let's see. They have they have her fight Def Yamasan, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, Yeah. Def Yamasan's now in the stars, but I get your point. I get you. You know, B Priestley eventually, you know She's Jay White. It, yeah, you know, she <laughs> ends up with some type of beef with, with Natsuko, and like, you know. Alright, now you hit too close home. This could no, happen. That part could happen. Look, and, They're and, in the same fashion. Momo, look, and now Momo, since, you know, she's never really got her chance, she wins the, the Grand Prix, <laughs> but she ended up losing her, like, her shot. <laughs> but... Out of the kindness, of, I lost my headset. You know, bitch. <laughs> out of the kindness of the new champions, I, I didn't know who Naito was. 
Um, I, I didn't cast a Naito. So how Saki Kashima? How about that? Out of, out of the um, <laughs> kindness of Saki Kashima's heart, oh you know, God. she then will give uh, you know, uh, th- that title shot to um, what's her name? Momo. Momo. Yeah. That sounds mm. like that would suck. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. Man. I mean, when you explain it like that, Rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when you la- like when you lay it out in these black and white terms, it sounds almost as like that's a bad story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't even matter what the characters are, right? It's just the structure of it all. This the, I mean, New Japan was a struggle. Uh, it was a summer struggle. Uh, so yeah, to speak. that shit was a shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, wait, so like the heroes in the sh- like the heroes involved in this one, the, one is undeserving. It has no agency over the the uh, the strings that are being pulled because he's a, he he's just lost. And then the other person, the other hero, is a dumbass. <laughs> okay, all right, um, yeah, but Shit, they- the only thing they could have done is had um. Uh, Naito run in the Jay White and um, Abushi match, and then like take a kendo stick, and while one of them was in a figure four, start hitting uh, Kota Abushi with it. So he wins by disqualification and gets himself in the dome. That's all. That's the only way it could have been worse. Oh my god! Is that Becky Charlotte and uh, and Ron? Yes. Yes. <sighs> Don't put that back out there, Rich. Come on now. Don't speak it into existence. Look, I'm tired of people really? lying about New Japan right now. All this cap, you know, we we trying to do the, the you know, because we ain't we ain't washing Gato's feet over here. Uh, with your hair. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like the with, with your hair. Life. Yes. Yes. You know, you're you not worse bad Gato's feet. Look, we gonna, we we going to call this shit like we see it. This shit is terrible. Like <laughs> Like I just to, to put it this way, I do a podcast about Impact Wrestling where they have a murder mystery wedding going on, and it's far more interesting than anything that's happened in New Japan this summer. So, you know, that's that's my two cents on it. But you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a a lifer New Japan watcher or anything. So I guess maybe I'm not as close to the sun on it. But um, I didn't enjoy anything that Gato's done really over the summer. Like, I mean, quite frankly, all you really have to go off of is, like, um, the A block of the G1. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, the heel turn that Evil had on Naito was... Or not heel turn, but, like, the turn he had on Naito was fucking awesome. It's just everything after that was substandard. He, you remember, um, he's evil. Right? Um, but, yeah, like, it's just... They put a lot of wrong lever- levers over the um, over the summer, and they're gonna have to right this ship. Um, like they're just gonna have to, uh, you know. I mean, we can even get. I mean, we're not even got into uh, Osprey turning heel to fight um, Okada probably in, in Russell Kingdom, but it's like, you know, I. I, he can do it, but it's like, how many heels are you gonna have? Right. I mean, somebody gotta go face, and people are saying Jay White's gonna turn face, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't see anything about Jay White that's like 
that that you would want to just cheer for and be compelled by. Like he's not somebody that just you watch him and be like, oh man, I can't wait to cheer for this guy. To be fair, he's only you've only ever known him as an asshole. Uh, you know, like we've seen this a lot when it comes to on the other side when it comes to people that we've only seen as you know career baby face. You're like, how are they gonna work as a heel? And sometimes you know they're awesome. So. I'm only giving the benefit of doubt on that, but for me, it's kind of like, is he going to be better than Will Ospreay was as a babyface? Right. I doubt that, and Jay's a damn good heel, so I don't I don't know what the necessary rush was to swap both of those if that is actually what they're gonna where they're headed to, like. I don't think like swapping those is, is going to be better than what the what the status quo was, but you know, sometimes people feel like they need to shake shit up, and I guess go nuts with that. Look, they've been shaking for a while. Sound like they're throwing shit at the wall, like. <laughs> another um, thing is like, okay, so y'all did all this, and like, where's Sonata? Having so boring matches. Sonata beat Sonata beat Evil. Sonata beat Naito. Uh, he's gonna get the first shot uh, after the dome. Whoever he's probably gonna be the person that gets the new beginning match. How nice of them! He beat the two motherfucker, the last two champions in the tournament, and he has to wait for months. And it's after the dome. Yeah. Look, and the fuck around be Ibushi, who he fought in the G1 final and lost to. And if it ain't Ibushi, then you've murdered him forever, and he should go to America. Like, <laughs> But he's on a lifetime contract, though. Yeah, you know. So he ain't really uh, going nowhere. And, look, and then if you beat Tetsuya Naito, you, you piss off and, and wasted away this guy's title reign and d- literally booked it around interference for a hey. year. There, they, look, look! They're content with that. They've made their bet on that because they keep doubling, yeah. and tripling, and quadrupling down on fuck shit in, in his matches. So, look, and then if you beat Jay White the champion, you're closing Russell Kingdom with a heel. <laughs> hey, good luck. You know, good luck picking the best option. Hey, they closed last year with a heel too when Kenta beat the fuck out of Naito. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember that. I, I, yeah. yeah, I remember the uh, yeah, Aaron Abel's, uh fans were not very happy about that. I remember it was like it's cool because it's different and it gets some heat for their match immediately and blah 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 blah. Now you tell me, looking back on it now, if that was a mistake. I mean, they did great business afterwards, but I think you do that whether you do that attack or not, right? Because people love Naito. Yeah, he's like mega over. And, and, it doesn't make and, sense to take his speed that way. Yeah, and may I remind you, the domestic fans are fucking idiots. They don't know Naito's going to lose his first title defense. Like, <laughs> come on, well, man. Like, <laughs> look, well, the man came back from the pandemic. Take it off him. Yeah, but that wasn't his first defense. Yeah. Man. Look and, they, look, and they clearly that was a play to try to get evil over. They moved that shit. You see, they moved that shit right back. That was they were never planning on going all the way with 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 evil. That was never a thing. That was like let's try something to get the dude over. It didn't work. <laughs> clearly, I can't. I still can't believe my that at a certain point, evil had the IWGP 
and the Intercontinental title. Yeah. It's it's Mahalian. Like Mahalian. <laughs> you can't explain this. Like can't. I, I yeah. You shouldn't. I'm done. Uh, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I can't explain this. You can't. You shouldn't. Yeah. I, look, I, and I, I feel like I should go back on keeping it strong style um, to to finally do a, a big, uh, uh, basically an audit of, of you know, because we caught a little bit of blowback when I was on there and me, Jeremy, and Giles ripped that shit to shreds, right? And now we got all this months later evidence and proof and a terrible title program uh, to come out of it. I feel like I should go back on the show and, uh, and ask the listeners, like, how about it now? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think I see anybody defending that, like, uh, like vehemently anymore on Twitter. Like, no one's out oh, there wrong. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm, sure I'm sure they are. I'm sure they. I'm sure they are. But I, I don't see it as prevalent online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be quite, I mean, you know, I don't really peruse the the, the bureau Twitter like that, but um, I didn't really see much of that either. I saw more people being like, mm, I don't know about this, bro. And that's kind of where it was like, I don't really know about this. But maybe, you know, because I don't really follow, like, the riffraff that y'all be following. So um, maybe I was shielded from that. Yeah. You know, and I also have, like, half of them blocked. Yeah. You know, I don't want those fucking starting spoilers. So. That might be part of it too. I got people muted and blocked, or muted and, and blocked, and put on a list that I just put this off to on the side. List? Not that kind of list, sir. <laughs> Not um, that list. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, late night, um, but appreciate it. So, uh, give us your plugs, please. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for having me. It was a real blast. Uh, you know, I late late nights are kind of what I my, kind of a thing. So. Uh, never fear on that, but uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I listen to Eight Bit Suplex. Uh, we normally uh, re- release on Fridays, but sometimes there's uh, kind of some scheduling conflicts, so we'll be anywhere from Thursday to Saturday. Um, but typically Fridays, uh, we're going to do a big like uh, Thanksgiving show over the weekend, uh, just because obviously our recording time is normally Thursday nights. I think if I record a podcast on Thanksgiving night. I will probably be uh, divorced by Friday morning. So uh, not <laughs> looking to do that. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, go check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. 8-Bit Suplex. Uh, no hyphen in the name, just an 8, a space, the bit, and then Suplex. Uh, you follow us on Twitter, at 8-Bit Suplex. Um, go check us out. Uh, it's Impact Wrestling for the first half of the show. And then uh, we have a video game topic on the second half. Uh, Rich, when you were on, we talked some Fire Pro Wrestling. Uh, you know, so it's, you, you know, sometimes it's wrestling related. Sometimes it's not. Um, we just talked about with Floyd from all things elite. Uh, we just talked about the, uh, AEW games release. Uh, so go check that out. Um, and then, you know, they got a cool shoot shirt. Us, uh, shoot us. We do have a pretty cool shirt, uh, on pro wrestling tees as well. It's uh it's pretty comfortable and it comes in uh, white for those that have too many black wrestling shirts. Um, so it's a nice mix up there. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, I I will be waiting for your Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, episode. I'll keep me posted. Um, yeah, we'll do. Yeah, but that's in the show. Be sure to raise on the app you're using to listen to this with. Uh, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Uh, as Josh mentioned, 
Um, and be sure to check out the other shows on the network. On Sundays, we normally have the show on issue radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping the Strong Style for now. Dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> on uh, Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Gorman Watches Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, we have Josh's show, 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.